Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You guys are the greatest. Um, wherever you get it, iTunes, Stitcher, your Android device, aboutlastnightpodcast.com. We appreciate all the tweets, the emails. You guys are the greatest, the greatest fans in the world. Um, <laughs> it's been a crazy week. I am exhausted. Uh, Mad TV is, man, it's, uh, it's intense. A lot of work. But it's awesome, you know? It doesn't seem like work. I mean, all the promo stuff that we shot today was, uh, was you know, crack of dawn early. But uh, Amir and I got to do a bunch of shit together, and it was really fun. And just the cast is just great. We're just The more we're around each other, the more we're bonding. And, you know, you, you want that kind of chemistry on camera. And um, it's awesome. We start shooting. Uh, well, I'm recording this on Wednesday. Today's episode is dropping on a Thursday. So, uh Tomorrow, which is Thursday, because today is Wednesday, but it comes out on Thursday, uh, I will be shooting, I guess, when you listen to this. Uh, first day. First day of shooting all the field stuff, and then we shoot on Friday, and then next week we get into live tapings, baby, and then we premiere in a couple weeks. Holy shit! <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but it's going to be awesome. The writers have written so much incredible shit, and um, I just can't wait. So, DVRs, July 26, CW, set them, baby. Um, today's episode, holy shit, talk about legendary comics and guys who have just dominated the business, not only from a comedic standpoint, but, uh, you know, not everybody gets to have their own show. He had Titus, uh, which was a great, uh, sitcom on Fox. Um, he talks about that quite extensively, which gives you maybe the best insight into the business you can get and, and how the show came to be and how it got pulled from him. Uh, he talks very candidly about. Uh, he's about to tape his seventh stand-up special. Um, Born with a defect is the name of the special, and he's just one of the, no joke, most prolific comics. His first special, Norman Walk- Rock, fuck, Norman Rockwell is bleeding, uh, is in both Brad and I's top five favorite specials of all time. Uh, I'm talking about the one and only Christopher Titus. Yeah, baby. Uh, you know, a guy that I've never met, but have been a big fan of for a long time. Brad has done many shows with them. They're chums. Um, he hit me up. He's like, Titus wants to do the pod. I was like, dude, yes. Um, from, from how he got into stand-up to, again, like the creation and, and, and inception of his show to how he preps for these specials to being called uh, ahead of his time, like Louis 15 years too early, to meeting Carlin. I mean... The guy just, uh, you could talk to him for hours. We did about an hour and a half. Could have probably gone three hours. Christopher Titus is one of those guys that just has a real great perspective and opinion about pretty much everything. Is super fun and loose to chat with. And I, I, it was just awesome. You guys are going to enjoy the hell out of this episode. Please check out his uh, specials. There's so many online. And his seventh special, Born with a Defect, he's taping it this Saturday, July 9th at the Center Theater in Escondido, California. Uh, tickets are available uh, at ChristopherTitus.com. If you have a chance and you're free Saturday, I can't recommend getting tickets for this special enough. Um, again, he's just one of the greats, and uh, live is, is just always better. So the Center Theater in Escondido, California, this Saturday, July 9th, Christopher Titus, Born with a Defect, new stand-up special, taping. Get your tickets at ChristopherTitus.com, and, uh, and you won't be disappointed. Uh, follow Chris on Twitter at 
Titus Nation. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad at Funny Brad, the podcast at ALN Podcast. At ALN Podcast on Instagram, I'm at Adam Ray 33. Brad is Brad Williams Comic. Uh, Mad TV, like I said, July 26th, CW. Ghostbusters comes out next weekend, July 15th. Go see that. Tweet at me. Tell me you saw me. You heard me. Slimer. Um, and of course, this weekend, go see uh, our boy Adam Devine in uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, baby. Jake Zemanski, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back uh, and check it out. Uh, the movie's, it's unbelievable. I hope it crushes because it, it was hilarious. One of the best comedies I've seen in a long time. Uh, Efron is coming on the podcast. We had to push it back, but it is happening. So do not fret all the 12-year-old girls inside of you. <laughs> oh, God, that didn't sound right. Um, you know what I meant. Emotionally. Uh, um, uh, Tour-wise, I'm in town all summer. I uh, got a few dates uh, headline dates The Hollywood Improv On July 30th Get your tickets At AdamRayTV.com Come see me Gonna headline Do an hour Probably start shaping What hopefully Will be my special um, And uh, that'll be July 30th Hollywood Improv Tickets at AdamRayTV.com AdamRayTV.com For all my in-town tour dates Laugh Factory Improv Comedy Store That's where I'm gonna be For the next two months Brad Williams Is on the road And you can go see him uh, next weekend in Columbus, Ohio at the Funny Bone, July 14th through the 17th. Get your tickets at funnybone.com. Go see Brad, Columbus, Ohio, Funny Bone, July 14th through the 17th. And, of course, when you come to the shows, bring your merch, your and merch. You can get it at stoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com. Bring the merch. We'll sign them, the shirts, the mugs, the hats. And, uh, and we appreciate all that, that love and support. And I think that's it, baby. So let's get into an amazing episode. Now that we've got the tour dates out of the way, the Twitter handles, the merch info, the Mad TV info, the Ghostbusters info, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Christopher Titus. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Wait, your... you played the bad guy in this. Yeah. You got my part. Well, for real? I auditioned for it, yeah. Which, with the, no, the club owner? Really, uh, Wait, no, there were a couple of bad guys. The bad guy who's going to kill him. M- Michael McDonald. That's why. Yeah, right? The uh, Michael McDonald was the, the one who stabbed him in the leg, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, All right. Well, so 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 you don't so you don't have to fight Adam Ray right now for <laughs> yeah, that's right. taking your part. Weirdest entrance, I, uh, uh, you know, beginning to a podcast ever, or maybe the best. <laughs> I didn't want to say. As a hey, wait, you took my but but, they, but that's the actor bullshit. You took my part. No, dude, you sucked. I got yeah. it. There you go. Let's just let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you took my role. No, yeah. no, they, Actually, no, they, no. You got the role. Yeah, I got the role because I was better than you, and that's yeah. what happened. That, yeah, that, that, and, and that I would be okay. I'm like, you know what? That touche, touche. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, like I always got I always got frustrated when. Some Someone said, "Oh man, you stole you stole my girl." I was like, "Were you dating her?" <laughs> no, no, but I liked her. I created a whole relationship in my head, though. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you I, fucked that up. I mean, yeah. I had hypothetical children in my head with this girl, <laughs> and you just denied me, yeah. little Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah, thanks, dude. Really, your name is Rockefeller? Yeah, that's, dude. that's what you went it's with. My dream. <laughs> 
Uh, you're, about, you're about ready to shoot special number seven? Special number seven, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's uh, this one <laughs> wow. born, born with mean. a defect. You know what the, the weird part is? You start to go, uh, and you ask, comics, I wish people knew how fucked up comics really were. <laughs> because at the end of so the... So you are one of those guys who think on a whole, because there's probably a few that really are kind of normal, or do you think we all somewhat are I, fucked up? I, I even think, okay, so Seinfeld, yeah. I, okay, when Seinfeld was working in Seattle, I heard that he was, he was selling the theater, he did like four shows, two nights, and between shows, he he was going Seinfeld. This is Seinfeld. This is like yeah. two yeah. years ago. Seinfeld. He was going down the street to the theater where they had filmed that show, and he would watch that show before he went on stage the next show. If you don't think that is a mental illness, <laughs> you're out of your mind. So, and, and I, in a good What's way. What's the deal with schizophrenia? <laughs> in a good way, but like yeah. I, I, I can't watch myself months after I film yeah. something. How right. am I going to watch it the second I film? Right but then again, he's going. probably he's one of the best because that's why he's that. meticulous. So yeah, yeah. But, but that, that seems over. Uh, that's, yeah, we're all damaged. Yeah. I think all comics are. I don't, I've okay. never met. And I've met guys that are just the best guys in the world. And then, like, down the road, there was one guy that was raping, was, was doing college gigs and was raping girls. One of the nicest comics on the road. Pre Cosby. He was, yeah, pre Cosby. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. before it was trendy. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, Jeez, I, I, he's in jail now. He's actually, I apologize. For I, I'm that not joke. making this up. Vince Champ, he was in, he's in jail now. Really? Wow. He was actually, yeah. And it's weird because someone told me just recently that his dad was, like, on the, on the team that caught, they were looking for this guy. And basically, they, they started plotting where these rapes were happening. And I guess someone went to his website and was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. These are matching up completely. Yeah, exactly. Holy shit. And his dad was on hey, the dude, team your funny bone run seems to be oh matching with this rape <laughs> <laughs> series. Oh, what are the odds? Oh, my God. Well, pretty, yeah. That, I, we should at least talk to the guy. Probably make a funny conversation. <laughs> yeah. At least. All right. Well, maybe not all comics go that far. But, I mean, we're all some, – something has to be at least a little different in your head to – Say I'm going to go up in front of strangers every night, some whom don't want to laugh, and I'm I'm going to make you love me. I say that's d- delusional. We're delusional. Yeah. Here's here's a comedian's mind, like you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk in stage in front of a room full of strangers, sometimes yeah. up to a thousand, yeah. and I am going to be the most charismatic funniest, badass, lovable person in the room. That's psycho shit. That is, <laughs> yes, it really is. That, when you break when you it, break, God, you got, hearing you say it like that, I was like, God, what's wrong with me? Yeah, that, dude, you're out of your mind. Really? Is that what you're going to do? Yep, and watch me. And I'm going to do it tomorrow night, and I'm going to yeah. do another show after that. And come no. watch me. I'm going to be bad for a while, yeah. but come watch that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I think, I think, but it's a good, it's a, it's a, and that's why so few people really do it. I wonder how many comics there are. I was talking to my wife about that. She's a comic. So I said, I wonder how many of us there are out there. Is it 100,000 worldwide? Is it, mm-hmm. is it, is it more than that? Now, now, what do you, like, how comic, much time? Professional comedians. Professional, okay. So working, like, have headlines? Or guys cons- that have a currently- job doing comedian. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah. it's not that many people. Mm-hmm. And like you count maybe, like guys who just do cruise ships. Maybe 10,000. Sure. Maybe, maybe yeah. 10,000 worldwide. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's there's, small. Yeah, there's right. more. There's more pro baseball players if you count. And we yeah. live in a, league players. And look at look at your apartment. We live in a nightmare all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, I'm gonna stop it. This has been Christopher Titus on the About Last Night podcast, our shortest interview in the history of interviews. Uh, no, you know what I mean, though. No, it's, it's, it's like we and I did it for we struggle, 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 and then boom, we hit something big, and then then then, then that lasts. And the one thing I could say to people is that when you hit big uh, to comics. Recognize it. You really mm-hmm. got to recognize it. I was writing on Titus and, and and acting on it, and I was you know working the actors, and I was just I was doing all the press for Fox, and I really didn't take. And, and my psycho ex wife was the craziest bitch in the world to no. hang out with, dude. Oh, I would go home watch if, the uh, Love Is Evil special, dude. If we if we wrote, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, we, if we wrote a script, yeah. 
If we wrote a script where I had to kiss Cynthia Watchers, who was playing right. the my, the girl I was with. Same, uh, same, same name, even. Yeah, same name. <laughs> if I kissed her, my weekend was a fucking nightmare. Oh, you want to fuck her? No, yeah, you want to do yeah, yeah, I know you do. Oh, I know you do. You wrote God. in the script. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I kiss you. Oh. So you want me just to like high five my wife <laughs> yeah, in the show? Exactly. Just like, you want to be like, good game. <laughs> good game, baby. Ooh, you're so sexy. Good game. <laughs> and then you I, want to be like 1950s, like, two, sleazy, like yeah. two separate beds? Sleep in another room. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're, I mean, I, first of all, I can't imagine the amount of, and I've heard Larry David talk about it with Seinfeld like but writing and acting and being so I mean you were producer on it too yeah yeah so yeah, I mean like producer. you're uh, that is a skill not uh, uh, that you should not skip over I mean like they, for you to do all that and I remember even seeing you on like your press stuff and late night shows like cr- just crushing all aspects of it so well. then to have um, and not to mention the show being great and then you to have to deal with that like do you just have to ha- find a part of yourself to go I just have to I can't even deal with that because there's so much other shit that no, or, it, was, it was work all week and then go home and kiss her ass for two days oh, and then yeah. go back on Monday. And I used to walk just to in, smooth it out. I'd walk into the writers' room on Monday and they go, and Jack Kenny and Brian Hargrove, who are the, who are the guys, they taught me how to write sitcoms. They're just the best. They're really great. And I actually, you know, when I got the show, and Bill Burke keeps telling me stop fucking talking about this. But I had one meeting with the network president and never take the comedian to the meeting with the network president. You can't have a guy that's been on stage by himself since he was nineteen making all the decisions. Mm-hmm. Sit him in a room and go. By the way, now that you now that that all those decisions you made on your own got you this successful, we're going to start making your decisions. That's what it felt like to me. And I was yeah. like, nope, show's funny. We're kicking ass. We're not doing it. And they were like, okay, thank you. No promotion next week. <laughs> yeah, because uh, – and uh, – so and I've heard you tell me this uh, off mic, but you told me that Dharma and Greg killed your sitcom. Dharma and Greg had actually cheated <laughs> on each other. Dharma and Greg had uh, she had okay. So here's what happened. Yeah, Dharma. Oh man, you make me tell this again. <laughs> so Dharma and Greg had cheated on each other. She had cheated with Kevin Sorbo, and there was a love triangle. But the ratings had gone from like a seven share to a nineteen share. Mm-hmm. So we had lost. We were now on our third president in three years. That president came into a meeting and goes, "I want you to cheat on each other." And, which we did in episode four, by the way, two years earlier. It's like, watch uh, the show, yeah, dummy. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said, so I want you to cheat on each other, have a love triangle, and see that. And I, and I said, and no one, we're at the state, but here's the other uh, mistake. This wasn't a one-on-one meeting where I can argue with somebody and nobody knows. Right. Here's what a dumbass I am. <laughs> I got 30 people from the network with me and everybody sitting there in the studio. And I look at the network president and I go, do you even watch the show? Because let me explain how it works to you. And I then talked to her. You look at your eyes, dude. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, that's amazing. So you're on Mad though. TV but now. I... Here's what I want you to do. Just, yeah, whatever. That's a great idea. You know what? Cheat on each other. Whatever. Sure. We'll work it out. That's what you say from now on. Never don't argue. Make them seem like a genius. Yeah. Uh, I could, yeah, yeah. And you could, but you could, but you know what? I also like. But I was burnt, though. I was burnt, man. I was burnt. I was like, I was so, we, we you know, we, we fought the network all the time on stuff. We did an episode where we got my dad to drink again. We had an, a, an intervention where we got him to drink again. We had to pitch stuff like that we did a uh, we did a child molestation episode where my niece had been molested and, and me and my, me and my brother and my friend go to her school to beat the guy's ass and it turns out it's one of the teachers and we take a bat to him in the last scene so that's the sitcom we were pitching <laughs> this was on network television yes and yeah, you in, in yeah. what year uh, we did two. We did. We started. We, we filmed it in '99. It didn't yeah. get on there until 2000. We did 2001, 2000, 2000, 2001, 2002. And, and that last episode, they actually were so freaked out by it, they waited and aired it in the summer after. Okay. So we did episodes all the time that were, 
uh, you know, and, and and I just that's the way I think. I'm like, and like the new movie that we just filmed, I just filmed and produced my own movie, special nice. unit. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, due to the Fairness and Disabilities Act, the LAPD has to hire four handicapped undercover detectives, and I play Nick Nolte's mugshot pretty much. I play the worst cop. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> in LA. And Billy Gardell is in it, and Cynthia Walters in the show. Yep. Dude, Billy Gardell and Jackie Flynn too, but Billy Gardell is so over the top, wrong, funny in this. That's awesome. Yeah, he plays uh, my police captain, who's just a raging psychopath, <laughs> and, he, and, and he Billy's like, I got this. Let's do this. And he just boom, it would just blow up. It was, like, it was like setting a bomb off every time we said action to Billy. Yeah. You're always at least like, uh, like between uh, the stuff you talked about on Titus and then the stuff that you're doing on Special Unit. Right. I, I always think you're five years ahead of what's going to happen because it, it, it seems like five, six years after Titus, you had like Lucky Louie come along and, yeah. that, and that was kind of diving into some of those topics. And now you're doing essentially a show all about people with disabilities but not but yeah one of the cops is, yeah. is a quad Tobias Forrest you were going to be in it dude I'm sorry I yeah. can tell that story so actually Peter <laughs> Farrelly cost Brad a job yeah so I can say that one of the Farrelly brothers I'm okay I'm, I'm, I'm okay saying that though because if anyone's going to cost you a job if right, it's, it's a guy that did right. something about Mary I'm, I'm cool with that it's all right well so maybe well, if, if they do me myself and Irene too it's got to be called me myself and Brad Williams yes yeah, yeah. and I take out I take out Tony Cox, <laughs> yeah. dwarf fight, and then I'm king of the mountain. That's what I'm saying. I like it. Yeah. Uh, well, you, have, you see, see, you know dwarf trivia. That's great. Tony Cox, <laughs> yeah. man, you like, popped out. You they just all out know each other. Tri- Not right? I mean, yeah, that's so weird. I, I really w- do. I, I would want never to get assume mad. that. I, I never... want to get mad, but it's like, oh, fuck, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get mad. <laughs> we do all know each other. So, well, how, how did Peter Fairley cost so, me a job? The original story was, it was really a lot more Austin powers where where uh, it was kind of goofy, and, and the bad guys, the bad guy was this like uh, um, who's the guy in the wheelchair that talks uh, the, the, the brilliant Stephen, Hawking. Stephen, Hawking. Yeah. Stephen Hawking guy and he was a mastermind and he was basically you know running these drugs so he could buy a bunch of property so he could make it all handicapped accessible and he, and he was going to make the, <laughs> make the normal people crazy my character in that script my character like I'm tied to a chair I'm getting my ass beat and, I, and he goes that's my plan and I was like so you're going to make it more convenient for everybody? That's really not that ramps. Big a, no, no, you won't be able to. I said, no, I'll, I'll be still faster than you because I have ramps and the doors are opening automatically. You're crazy. And he starts punching me. You know, like I'm, so, and Brad was the bad guy in that. Brad was beating the hell out of Amazing. me in that, in that script. Mm-hmm. So Peter Fairley reads it. And, uh, and Peter Fairley is the only guy in Hollywood who really nuts up when it comes to the disabled. Uh, all his movies have disabled yeah, actors in some way, it. shape, or form. Yeah. And so it, it was a weird thing. Michael Ronan, who's in it. Michael Ronan, very funny comedian. He's got CP. He got the Michael's relentless. Michael's one of these guys that will not stop. He's like, I will, I will be famous, or I will kill people on the way. He's that guy. So he gets so through Jackie Flynn. He gets Peter Fairley watches the pilot we did in 06 for Comedy Central, and I, I'm just in my house one day, and it says my phone just goes Peter Fairley here, and I drop my phone on the counter, and I and my wife's like, she goes, what? I go, Peter Fairley's on the phone, and she goes, he can't hear you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, holy shit, why is Peter Fairley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know Peter Fairley, so. I said, yeah, and he goes, hey, I just watched this pilot. Uh, are you doing? A, I heard you're doing a movie. This, uh, and I said, and I said, yeah. And he said, do me a favor, send me the script. Let me read it. You know, because someone's. He said, someone's going to get this right. And I, he goes, you seem to be closest to it. So I said, okay. So I sent him the script, knowing that Peter Fairley is going to love my That's script. That's insane. And I sent it to Peter Fairley, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and he goes, and he calls me. He goes, sorry, I mean, it took. He's such a nice guy, and he goes, sorry, it took me a couple weeks. He goes, uh, he goes, hey, I'd like to give you some notes. Great script. Can I give you some notes? notes? He says, I said, yeah. So I'm in Denver. I'm working Comedy Works, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I get a phone call. He goes, hey, I'm going to call you at 3 o'clock. Cool. So I'm sitting there. No, noon. Noon to 3. And I, and I said, cool. So I sit down. I'm like, Peter Fairley. He calls me. He goes, great script. I go, good. He goes, page one. And he fucking just starts. He, Peter Fairley blowtorches the script oh, for three God. hours. I yeah. mean, blowtorches it. I mean, he went... 
page by page. And what it. page were you like, okay, I fucking get it, dude. And you are a god like, of comedy, but like, yeah. fucking like ease up. Pa- at page 60, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, and it was just getting, just, okay, 67, fuck. You know, like, it was just, oh, there's 73, no. And, you know, and then he, then he was like, I think he did like 73, and then it went to like 85. I'm like, all right, all right, I got yeah. I got nine pages, yeah, all right. Then, I can't he, do math. Then he go, he go, hold on, hold on, 80, 81. Fuck, ah. you know. So we get through it, and one of the things he said was, he goes, "If they're if you're trying to show the disabled, because you know, you know, Brad's my friend, Mike's my friend. I, I, there's a lot of disabled actors that don't get a shot, and that's why I wrote this because I, I know Mike. And uh, he goes, if the if the if you're trying to say disabled people, it's one of those. You ever get a note from somebody and you didn't see it, and you all of a sudden two things happen. Number one, you know they're right, and you feel retarded yep. at the same time. Yep, yep. He goes, if you think they're normal, why can they only take down disabled criminals? And I went, oh no. I'm totally <laughs> screwing my own premise. Yeah. He goes, don't they have to take down real criminals? And I was like, oh. So I yeah. went in after these, uh, the pile of notes, the nightmare of notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to rewrite 78 pages of the script. And, That's daunting and, as fuck. And we had a date. That we, had, we were literally to like 60 days from shooting. Because here's what happened, people, in Hollywood. Don't wait for anything to happen. If you're listening right now, don't wait. Decide what you're doing. Pick a date you're going to do it and go towards it. And fuck everybody else. And I mean that. Oh, I mean that. Don't wait for them to pat you on the back. Don't wait them up for, to tell you good job. Don't wait for them to say, you know, we're going to give you the money. Just do it. Like I told everybody, I said, look, February 15th, we start filming this. Whether I film it with a skateboard or the go cam mounted on it as a dolly, we're filming this. Wow. So, and I had, I had a little bit, I had, I had a third of the budget from my money. And I got two guys to kick in. Uh, they were like, when are you doing this? And I, I go, what do you think? I go, no, we're definitely shooting it. They go, when? And I said, February 15th. And he's like, he's like do you have enough money? Nope. <laughs> and they were like, well, here's a check. That was the weirdest day. I sat in this, this place called the Havana Room, and these two guys are my investors, and they're great guys. And, and, and I had to ask them. They'd already said they were in, right? And I had to ask him for a big chunk of money. And I was like, well, we're filming in like nine days. Okay, money. <laughs> That's about the, <laughs> with the attitude I said. Yeah. And they were like, oh, hold on. And I walked, out with, I walked out with a chunk of change in my pocket for this movie. And we filmed it. And it's really funny. Do I, f- I don't know what's going to happen with it. But it's the most fun I've ever had. The only thing that is, is fun mm-hmm. as fun as stand-up is doing this, dude, doing this movie. No well, kidding. That and you, and it's, it's like your other projects have been. It's been all your baby. Like you created it. This, yeah. the, the, this wasn't someone coming to you with an already finished project being like all right can you just do a little dance over here and then, and then you're good like so even if even if it never gets picked up by anybody which it will but right. uh even if it never does you can still sit back and go i did this yeah my I failure accomplished my this. success my failure and yeah. it's actually not even my success because i had these two investors and i had the act and billy and cynthia watchers jumped in and jackie flynn there's some people that really jumped in and helped mm-hmm. it will be my failure but it will not be my success if it's successful it'll be everybody's because it's just and that's what i've learned being in the business uh someone told me the advice how do you make it show business uh Work harder than everybody else and be very nice. Have you always operated from the place of, uh, like you just mentioned, like setting a date, having that goal in mind, and 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 knowing that like it's happening regardless of what? Because that is a that seems like the only way to really get something done. But not everybody has that. You know, I, I did the thing on Landmark Forum, and I learned it. They, they, nothing happens with distance time. If you say gonna, here's you, here's gonna. Well, gonna just keeps moving just as you move. Gonna never, you never catch gonna. Well, you never catch one day, but you say, but which February, is the sequel to "I'm going to get you, sucker." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're never going to get gunna. You're never going to get gunna. But uh, but but February fifteenth is fucking coming. It's yeah. coming. So when you when you, and it's weird because I'd said it a couple times over the years. We're doing it, and mm-hmm. uh, and then 
and then one day I got mad because I'd, I'd done it. I'd maybe said we're going to do it like three or four times, and I said nope. And I wrote it down, and I told as many people as I could. So if I failed, it was a real public failure. Yeah. And that's weird because that that fear. Look, my entire career is based on fear and desperation. Entirely, <laughs> the entire career. And yeah. so once I set that goal, and it, and it got done. And like you said, no matter what happens, the movie got done. I had made promises to Michael and Ronan, we're doing this movie. You know, they don't mm-hmm. get a shot, and and people kind of. It's weird being. Not, does this happen to you when you're walking around? Not not anymore because you're Brad Williams now. But before <laughs> you were Brad Williams, when you walk someplace mm-hmm. and you're going through the mall, yeah, and uh, and, and people go, "Excuse me, kid, are you lost?" Yeah, yeah. it yeah. still happens. Man, your yeah, head is it. huge. Are you okay? Where's your mommy? Where's your mommy? Jesus, <laughs> the beard helps out with that a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's why I grew it. But and I people, wish that was a joke. Yeah, did some people look away like a lot of time? Like a lot, of, like a lot of time. Oh like yeah. People, okay, so that's what happened. That's what I happened. What I noticed it was, and this the reason the movie got done for two reasons. Number one, it was funny. It was a great premise. And uh, not not patting myself on the back, just disabled cops. Because it sounds like due to the Fairness and Disabilities Act that right. we now have to hide with this world we live yeah. in. That sounds like totally realistic. Yes. That's That literally seems like something you can happen because it starts with people saying – like and, and it, it 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 starts with them saying like okay we're gonna we have to hire two female uh, two female firefighters and you're like okay so they do the same test as everyone else though right well no we, we make the test a little no don't make the test easier <laughs> I don't want them showing up my house no can, yeah can, when can the I check the box for the down. people that didn't finish the test can't help me <laughs> yeah yeah no that didn't happen so it, that sounds like something that could definitely occur where you have maybe some rights group being like we have to hire disabled cops it's like uh, fuck okay yeah I guess I guess we do give Corky a gun I love that oh, no. well, I, I, there's been ideas I go you can't because the people were protesting the disabled got together and they protested at Grumman's one day they, were, they got all these people in a bus and they, all these disabled actors and they came down well my, you, let's be fair my disabled people are used to riding on buses yeah but <laughs> very small you can't Way have smaller. a disabled protest here's why because they get off the bus and the chanting doesn't last very <laughs> it's also probably not very No audible. justice, no peace, peace and justice. We want pizza. And like it, just, it just doesn't last. You just okay. You're back on the bus, everybody. Oh God, we tried. Well, see, here's my now that's a fucked up way to do. It. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. My, my whole thing with uh, giving disabled actors work is it's this double edged sword where. If you don't give any disabled actors work, then it's like, well, where's all the disabled people? Yeah. And then if you do, they're like, they're exploiting the disabled people. It's like, yeah. well, well, what is it? Yeah. I, what the it, fuck is it? Well, look, I, every, if you're an actor, you're being exploited. Sorry. Sure. You're not on the you're on the big side of the money anyway. You're so six if, foot two, white, good, good looking guy. Being you're exploited. still being you're exploited. Being exploited. And, yeah. and the second you're over, you will be let go. They yeah. will not. They're not go put them in the home for the people we used to like. That doesn't happen <laughs> in show business. They just fucking move the fuck on. Next. Yeah. That's how it works. So, yeah. and when you get clear on that, so so whether I'm exploiting them or because uh, uh, people in show business, we're. We're happy to be exploited. I wish people sure. would get clear about that. Michael Aronin wants to be in this movie more than anything. Yes. So here's what happened. What was I talking about before? We go? Oh, so I'm so I'm, I'm this dude in this wheelchair is going through the mall through the Topanga Mall one day, and I, and I was watching him, and I was watching everybody turn away from this dude. Yeah, and they weren't. And, and again, I don't think people are mean. I don't think they're evil. I think. They don't want people to feel, you know, like like people like kids are just stare at you because mm-hmm. kids don't have that. Kids are just yeah, they're just like no that's, filter. That's different. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. What's that? And that's yeah. why I don't get mad at kids. Right. So Cause, when you, yeah, because you, you can't because they're just doing like. And the only reason why adults 
don't do that is because they've seen a little person at some point in their lives. If, if, if some dude walked down the street with a third arm coming out of his forehead, right. I would be like, what the fuck is up with yeah, him? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Catch. Do you know that's there? <laughs> exactly. Catch. Yeah, I bet you can juggle like a motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. That's what I would do. Yeah, but you would say, you would, you would call it whatever. So what I noticed, so I noticed, and so this dude walks up and he's got gloves on, he's rolling his wheelchair, and I just mm-hmm. go, I go, I go, sup, brother? And I, all this dude did, he looked up, then he looked around, like, and he said, hey, like no yeah. one had talked to him. Wow. Then I was down in San Diego, um, this was like, this was like last summer, and, and I'm in San Diego and I'm walking across the street. And there's this woman sitting in a wheelchair. She's got like one leg missing. She's got her bag in her in her in her lap, and she's kind of hunched over, and she's just looking down. And I said, uh, I said, uh, "How's it going, kid?" I just really just as I walk, she's just sitting at that green light. Sure. She wouldn't cross the street. And this woman looked up at me, and she didn't say hello. She said thank you. And I thought, wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, like like wow. just that you got you got acknowledged that you're a human being on the planet. So that's why I, I just that was the day. Yeah. I, that was the exact day I said, oh, I'm doing this movie this year, or I'm gonna die doing it. I did. I was doing a show last week, and there was a guy. There was a guy in a wheelchair. I start making fun of him. Uh, and it was literally the story of how I Anus got started in comedy. Shut yeah, just every, every, everyone's being quiet. Stop it! He's and you, all you hear is the sound of this guy just laughing hysterically. Same thing. Show's done. He rolls out to me and he's like, "Dude, thank you for making fun of me." Yeah. I'm sitting in the front row of comedy shows. So many comics just go like, "Ah, fat guy, black guy, Asian guy." Whoa, not yeah. touching that. And it's like, no, no, no. Equal. How are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by not being addressed, it's a bigger. You think that happens all? Every, the, yeah, every, every time like we're doing merch lines at the end, people come by. We'll try to go. Hey, what's up? What happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> First thing I ask, and the people behind them, the uprights, will be like, uh, "I'm saying uprights." <laughs> I love. That. I love that. Oh my god, I'm an that might be the most easy, <laughs> hilarious hey, term. I call them reachers. You call them the uprights. uprights. The uprights. So the uprights are behind it. this guy, and they're like, "Oh my god!" They're looking at me like I'm crazy, and he go, and every time, instantly, yeah. dude, I was on a motorcycle. Oh, oh man, when I was born, the doctor pulled my head out and yeah, snapped yeah, yeah. my and, and like, and they, and they want to tell a story, and 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 in a lot of half the time, they've worked on their stories and they're funny. Yeah. So you know, the funniest line I ever heard, ever was because was one, was one of these moments. There was a guy in the front row. He had no, he had no legs, none. And I just look at him like, hey, I, I, got, I got when you said no legs, there was none. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no legs, except for the one stubby. <laughs> I mentioned there was no legs. He had an arm on his forehead that acted like <laughs> yeah, a foot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He would hop on, yeah. the, on the arm from his forehead. And the first two comics uh, ignored him, and I. Look at him, I go, dude, I have to know. Like, was this birth? Was this an accident? Like, what happened? And he goes, he goes, I was in a, I was in a great marriage for 20 years. Well, that's a bad way to start a story like that about yeah. your legs missing. Yeah, he goes, I was in a great marriage for 20 years. Uh, she cheated on me. We got, we got divorced. Bitch got half of everything. <laughs> Wow. Lost my wow. shit. <laughs> that's incredible. That's the best line I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm lying on the stage laughing hard. That's yes. that's hilarious. And like, wow. and, and he drew everyone in with the whole like marriage and love yeah. and everything. And we're like, oh well, what? How does this very serious that yeah. bitch got half of uh, everything? A Jedi that's master. A, that's I bow a, to you, Jedi that's master. That's a perfect line. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. he comes to every one of my shows, and I point that guy out. Every time I uh, Dayton, uh, Dayton, Dayton, Dayton you, Funny Bone, and you tell the, do you tell the story? Hell yes. Okay, now, so you stole this one guy. He had his fucking, <laughs> you fucking stole yeah, his. You he stole his shit. He's doing Find his your bit. Own, yeah, he fucking, he's I hope he gets a credit by. You worked uh, with Carlos too long. Friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> now I want to know if this guy's in like a social setting and nobody asks him, does he bring it up uh, unprovoked just because he's like, yeah, I got this bed. great story now. Like I can't. Nobody asks. He's sitting there being like, maybe just damn. Be but no one's asking me about my closer. How am I gonna? How am I getting out of this party? <laughs> I used to be married. You get bitch got hat. Everybody, hey, wait, 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 nothing. Have wait. I told this before? I gotta write some new shit. We wait. we've got fifteen percent off sales. Speaking of things being off, let me tell you about this. <laughs> now, is the way you uh, approach making this movie is that how you do every special too, where you go, all right, this like I want to have another one out by this, so I need to. You know, have the special thing which we're filming. By the way, that's why that's why you guys let me whore myself. Uh, we're, we're filming the seven special in Escondido at the Center Theater this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still some tickets left. Uh, so Escondido uh, Center Theater. Go to ChristopherTitus.com and get them. I have a tendency. There was a. I had an epiphany. I lost my television show, and I had this weird epiphany where I realized uh, I can write. I've got a Writers Guild nomination. I, I'm a good scriptwriter, but my job is stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. Right now, my job is stand up comedy, and. And then I started looking around who's, who are my favorites, you know, Carlin. And, and when you look at Carlin, and I got to meet him when my dad died. Uh, we, we spread my dad's ashes at Caesar's Palace. Wow. I'm not kidding. And, Car- and Carlin was there at night, and, we went to, and I went to the concierge, and I had a TV show on the air at the time. I said, hey, can we get tickets to Carlin? He said, yeah. They sent me right up front, and Car- it was the middle of winter. Carlin's up there doing all this new shit. And these skiers were like, ha, 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 very PC. Yeah. And Carlin was ripping. I was hysterical. I was laughing so hard. And at one point, this is when you know, even George Carlin is a comic because we're about – he goes – well, he goes. I, I, he goes. Uh, I'm supposed to do five more minutes, but I really don't like you people. Good night. And he walked <laughs> off, and I lost my shit. I'm, oh my! Everyone God. else is offended. I'm the. Yeah. I'm in the big room at Caesar's, and I'm just. I'm just like ah. I'm, and so what a great and, line. And I got to meet him backstage. Anyway, well, he, well, what was that like? Me, I mean, he was nobody backstage. No entourage. Just Carlin yeah. with a backpack. And 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 he goes, "How you doing?" And, I, and he was really gruff. Really gruff. I'm sure every comic. I mean, especially as good as he was, and his writing mm-hmm. is so good. He met a lot of bad comics. You know, because there's a lot of us out there, sure, and uh, my, myself included. And he and he goes, uh, so I, uh, nice to meet you. And I said, I just want you to know, I'm a huge fan. Thanks, thanks, thanks. And you could tell he heard, he heard that too much. Yeah. And he goes, What are you doing here? I go, Oh, my dad died, and we we brought him. He was a big gambler, so we brought his ashes in. And me and my sister, and my brother, just put his ashes in our pocket, and we walked to the casino, spreading his ashes. And George Carlin goes. That's fucking great. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, and so he was a really nice guy. I didn't talk to him long, but he did 14 specials and 21 albums. <sighs> And nobody, that's, nobody's that's but look at look how tired you you just finished your second one. Beck yeah. just went, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got two uh, like yeah. two in two years. I'm just like, wait. So he continued that pace he for continued. eighteen months, oh. every eighteen months. Yeah, and he didn't stop. And and I think he took it serious. So so after the, my show got canceled and I did, I did fifth annual end of the world tour. I thought, you know, uh, my divorce happened actually, and 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 I had written that one, and I'm like, I need to start doing this. This is my job, mm-hmm. and I, and and if you look at Bill Burr and uh, and Brad and and Louie and like guys that are cranking it out, and I don't think you can, you can crank out shit. You have to really kind of figure yeah. it out. But but you your job as a comedian is to be you, look. Our job is to look around and notice the bullshit. And if you stop noticing the bullshit, you become the bullshit. Wow, could someone write that down? That's I need unbelievable. A Norman's I need got a T-shirt. It. That's a T-shirt. Yeah. I want a T-shirt. That's amazing. Now now at what point do you in your career get conditioned to? Because I feel like that's one of the greatest things about like being a comic is like when people ask me like when did you start to like know I was like when I just started to see the world and get conditioned to whether it was through seeing something and, and having buddies around that had a similar sensibility that I could share that moment in and just getting used to being like seeing finding the funny in situations right. and that is like such an awesome like superpower to have and why you know we can translate it to the stage but like it also hooks us really women way out of our league 
Thank God for that. Oh my God, I married <laughs> right? like a she's a model, and she, I'm, she's so proud of my league. I, I, she's the one. Who, that's your wife. Wow. Yeah, but you're a good looking <laughs> dude, and then you got that too. How did you guys meet? Uh, she used to run comedy clubs. Uh, when my divorce, my my ex-wife had embezzled all this money from us, and and she was seeing two other guys, and I had worked for her comedy club. And uh, she was in she was in Shreveport, and she and I was in Dallas when I found out she was cheating on me. I just called her. I said, "Hey, would you want to come out here on Sunday?" We never. I, I just we did business, you know. She, she mm-hmm. just booked. I said, "I said I, I don't know what I'm going to do." I said, "I just found out my my wife, who I've been with for 15 years, is seeing two other guys." And uh, the joke I do in my act, I said, uh, "I said um, um, I, I, st- I have two kids. I stopped at two kids because my." Uh, Ex-wife's vagina was busy elsewhere. Uh, it had it had a it had a guest list and I wasn't on it. Fucking great line. So uh, um, so she came out for dinner on Sunday with a friend of hers and and we had just had dinner. That was all. And then we started talking on the phone and uh, and she moved in with me that next December. You know. Wow. And, the, and by the way, dumbest girl in the world because she moved in during the worst divorce ever. Like like my my ex was claiming. My, I, here's another joke. My ex says to me, she, yeah. she I get up and I said I'm divorced. And she goes, Your Honor, this man uh, has been beating me for 20 years and beating the children since the day they were born. Now, let's deal with the first one. If you let me beat you for 20 years, <laughs> that's not abuse. That's a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's, that's in the yeah. but, so, And then and <laughs> I remember, because I think I met you maybe a week after this had happened. To yeah. where oh wow I you, was psycho at the club man. and you had Ontario right yeah that that yeah. was Ontario and at the Ontario Improv that's where I met you and you told me that uh, like the week before your ex wife had sent a lawyer out and sat in the front row and started writing stuff down to be like th- this can be brought up in court what? love is evil I was yeah. I, I was doing love is evil and love is evil came out of uh, basically it was suicide prevention writing that special was flat out suicide prevention L- love okay. is evil so you knew when you were going through all this you're like I have have to did you uh, were you uh cognizant of like i have to talk about this or is it just like you're like if i don't do this no 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 i was gonna kill myself between shows and i found out on a friday at three o'clock between shows that friday night i was gonna kill myself back in the back room of the dallas of the addison improv oh my god and and i mean of all the places to do i know right right? i I actually talk about this i i said i started looking around for a gun because it's texas there's gonna be a gun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At least doing like Carnegie Hall or something. I know, yeah. right? Somebody's good. But I thought, what yeah. a thriller story. Titus blew his brains out between shows. <laughs> it would have been a great That's, story. Yeah, especially Friday night. Titus really hated Friday 2nd. <laughs> he could not stand Friday 2nd. You know show. how Steve Martin... <laughs> You know how Steve Martin said he quit comedy because of the Friday Late yeah. Show? Titus quit life. Yeah. Yeah. Titus said, no, I'm not so he going. Wins. Yeah. Not yeah. in Texas. No. So, so. Wow. And it was weird. I was sitting there, and it's the only time it's really happened. I heard, I'm sitting there, and I don't know if it's be conditioned because he raised me, but I heard my dad's voice go, get off your chair and do your fucking job, pussy. And that's what I heard while I was sitting there. And I got up, and I went. The second show was seating. And I got up, and I was just amped. I said, get him excited. And I went on stage, and for the first 10 minutes, all I did was tell them exactly what had happened that day at 3 o'clock. And I was so angry, and I was, I was raging. I was raging. And the weirdest thing happened about 10 minutes into this rant about my ex and what had just happened. The audience just was like, whoa. They just started going like, because I, I just went off on her. And then I realized, okay, well, okay, that felt better. I don't want to kill myself now. Then I saw I saw Rachel on, on that Sunday. I asked her to come out and uh, – 
And then we started talking on the phone every night. I had to, she made me, my, my ex man because of what she said. The court made me move out of the house instantly. Like this house that I bought with my TV money it was like it was gone now. And like then she gave away all my tools out of my garage. Like I'm a big car guy. And then everything just got and, and it just got worse and worse. And Rachel, Rachel and I fell in love the next two months on the phone. And then she flew out. And this girl, she'd worked comedy for so long. She'd been booking comedy clubs for six years. So she was around it for so long mm-hmm. that she would give jokes out. She would go, "Hey, what if you said this?" And I was offended for a while. I was like, hey, 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 comedian. I you, got this. Hey, hey, yeah, I've been doing this a while. I'm, I'm using that because it's funny, but you can stop it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And uh, one day I just told her, I said, yeah, uh, she, she did this weird rant. She got up one day, and I was in bed, and she was at the dresser, and she goes, I'm at war with my pajamas. And I was like, what? And she went on this weird Maria Bamford-esque thing, and I was like, yeah, because I buy them, and they're soft, and I put them in the washer, and they get these little balls on them, and they scratch my skin, and I hate them. i got to put them away, but I feel bad because they were so good to me for so long, and this went on for like two minutes, and I'm asleep, and I go, look, stop. you got to write that down. I go, because it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And I, she wrote the show. Called uh, pajamas and other things I'm at war. Um, other things I'm at war with, and it was funny. She's got one joke that like when she wrote this. Just this one, I knew she was going to be a comic. She wrote this joke. She said I had a friend used to used to cut herself when she was naked. She looked like a harshly graded test paper. <laughs> And I was like, oh, like that was offensive to me because I go, you shouldn't be cranking. She's an English major. So you shouldn't be cranking that. I go, that's funny. So I said, you need to write comedy. And, so by, she- and by the way, you're one, you're one of the kings of like f- taking really fucked up things yeah. and making them funny. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that that made you go yeah. like, whoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I laughed my ass off. I was like, holy shit, that's a really good joke. And then she, so, but then, but here's the thing. As a comic, so, so what happened was, so she started, she wrote, she wrote like an hour of material. And she wouldn't get on stage, mm-hmm. would not get on stage. And I said, uh, and I have a big problem. If you won't back yourself up, how the hell are you going to back me up? Mm, wow. I got a big problem. Like if you can't, if you can't do something for you, you're never doing shit for me. So I said, uh, I said, listen, you got to get on stage or we're going to break up. And she's like, yeah, and we had a big monster fight. This is, stupid. This, is what it, this is how much I love comedy. Like I'm willing to literally let you go <laughs> because you won't do what you say right. you're going to do. So yeah. I went and I entered her at the – remember that little that competition they had at the Ice House? For, like, oh, yeah, uh, the uh, Uncle, Uncle Clyde's. Clyde's. Yeah, Uncle Clyde's. So they had the competition. Third so, place is a basket of fries. I just, oh, God. <laughs> I, oh, God. I still know that. <laughs> It's so much like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You know what third place gets? Fries. That's what you get. Fries. You're going to get fat. You're going to be a loser. So, so it's, it's like our version. It's yeah. the Pasadena version of Glenn sure. Gary, Glenn Ross. Fries. Win it or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Win it or you get fries. Yeah. So I entered her in it and I like, came home and told her. I said, by mm. the way, I entered you in a comedy competition. And she's like, she flipped out, man. You know, because you know, women, you know. She, yeah. What? Yeah. Ah! And then mm. here's what I knew she had it. She, she, we, we argue about it. She goes, you can't just enter me in something. I got to decide. When is it? And I was like, boom, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And she came in second. But yeah. it's, it's really wow. funny. Yeah, it's really funny. She and, that, just, and that was her first time essentially on stage. Yeah. yeah. And she, but because she'd bad. been around comedy yeah. for six years. You pick up rhythms. And hung and out with like all the like, – any headliner came through that funny bone. Yeah. So she hung out with them, knew them, was funny. Shre- the Shreveport funny bone? Yeah. The only club I will never go back to. Now it's out of business, so yeah. I can say that. <laughs> yeah. The worst – it was the worst. Club. Now, had you yeah. ever uh, – yeah. You didn't go when she worked there. No. Th- no. She, she would have been the only – decent thing there. I made her quit. I made her quit because they actually wanted her to sign. They go, hey, hey, you can sign the lease papers and then you know, then you can be part of the club. I was like, you're not signing. She goes, I know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> no, not part of that So club. was it like, I mean, you said, very old school of you, by the way, to like get to know somebody over the phone. Like that is... That was great. That's actually. incredible. Was I mean, you, what were now, you, when you described to your children, no, 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 we would talk... So when did you swipe left? Till the sun, till the sun came. I didn't. I don't even know what. (laughs) What what, what were the? Go get the cotton gin, and I'll tell you another story. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember like the contents of the? Like, I'm curious how much of the, 
you know, putting a bandaid on stuff would you get into? Like, would you would you have some cathartic talks about the ex and with her, or were you, were you trying to be like off limits? Like, let me just talk uh, about fun stuff. I didn't care at that point. I, you know, I had lost my television show. Uh, my marriage was in shambles. She was cheating on two other guys. She had taken my. She said what she had said made them like. I had for a while. I had to see my kid with a monitor. I had a dude that was oh, with what? me all the time. I wrote a we wrote a sitcom script about it. And uh, again, too edgy for anybody. They're like, hey, this is dark. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Vampires are fucking on HBO right now. <laughs> I know. But that's fantasy. It's not real. You mean me? So stupid. So, uh, so uh, yeah. When I when I, I told the kids, it was it was just such a dark time, and she, that she got involved with me at that point just says how hung I really am. Frankly, when you think about it. <laughs> Because <laughs> despite all that, there's no she's way. Stuck there's no way a woman would Chicks have gone love through big dicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah. Uh, Wait, so I, I want to go back though. To, you mentioned about uh, uh, writing the specials, and uh, at what point did you, as a comedian, start to go, "Oh, I, you know, I just I'm seeing the world a little differently," or like, like was there a certain bit Since I was that a little you, kid, man? Okay. Since I was a little kid, I was like, I would always, I would get like in trouble at school, but the teachers liked me. I, I got. Uh, like I would wait till I was in a class clown. I would wait. Like I, I didn't want to burn something. I didn't want to. I don't want to be the douchebag. The guy that talks all the time is just an idiot. Yep. I yeah. would wait till the perfect opportunity. Pick your set. Spots. And I would go, hey, ba da da bang, and the crowd would. Bah! The whole class would go crowd. I called them the crowd. Yeah. They were the class, but I called them Dude, the crowd. It's an the audience. Crowd. Come on. <laughs> we had a two juice box minimum. It was. <laughs> it was very fun. Uh, who, who books that, by the way? Yeah, exactly. I'll do it. Mr. Hoffman's <laughs> class? I'll get you a gig. I'll let you do it. Look, you can do a guest at Mr. Yeah, Hoffman's cool, class. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and now is that like third grade and then you move up to sixth grade? Is that, yeah, exactly. I mean, but then like, but then like if, you, if you don't, you just get a box of fries? Yeah, a box Done. of fries. Uh-huh. That's okay. Yeah. Dad, I got a report card. What is it? Fries. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. So, uh, so, you know, I just, and, and then when I was 18, I, gra- I graduated. My, my first set ever was at the Senior Follies. And, and th- by the way, the year before, I'd fallen into a bonfire. And it, that's a that story from your Norman, Norman Rockwell. Yeah, so Norman I was Rockwell. a loser. By the way, one of the greatest specials of all time. I went, that's I went, in my top five, by the way. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Norman Rockwell's Bleeding is in one of my top five specials of all time. Yeah, after this podcast, it's if you brilliant. haven't seen it, go watch it. It's, yeah, it's just, incredible, man. Fucking A, dude. Oh, uh, thanks, man. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Everything else has been shit, but that one is <laughs> So, <laughs> see, that's a sick part of a comic. That's yeah. all I heard. Like, no, a, yeah, but, but like, that's... That come on, man! Like that was, just straight it, take a compliment. It's way funny. It's like because you still t- we saw you take the compliment, but it's funnier to like yeah. self deprecating right yeah, afterwards. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And thanks for explaining it. it made it worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we. Oh my god! So that one was that one was the ground. I actually threw away probably two hours of comedy when I wrote that. That was after I did the forum, and they and I really got that the shit I was doing was shit. I was doing you know. Well, because you were doing. Like, cause, cause you ever go? You ever get up in the morning? Your shower's got two setting: Arctic and lava. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, because for yeah. people, well, I'm like, not kidding. That was I had a five minute bit on waking up in the morning. I had a five minute bit wow. on waking up in the morning. I had a bit. You ever sneak in when you're a little kid and would sneak in your day? I was uh, well, and like and I those, can't even like it makes me make a noise when yeah, I hear about the yeah. old. Uh, for those who have never seen your show, like, uh, and it's more like it's solo performance. It, it's not. Stand up in the traditional brick but still wall, high set, LPMs. But yeah, la- that's last permanent people. Uh, yeah, yeah. LPMs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, unlike solo performance that can go five minutes before there's a joke. Like yeah, yeah you're having like every fifteen. Well, that's always bothered seconds. me for a while. You guys, you ever seen a comic like I'm gonna do a one man show and all of a sudden they they do a one man show but they forgot to be funny. Like they, it, it's kind of funny, but it's like you, dude, you are a monster stand up. What are you doing now? It's my am I get dramatic? No, no. You be dramatic. One man show I feel like should always be funny, right? Yeah, really. Yeah. But you can you can do just so. What I do now is like when I when I like some comics will just bounce all over the place. 
place with, with material, and that's great. Some of those guys mm-hmm. are great. I just watched Jim Jeffrey's special. That dude is that so phenomenal. fucking good. Yep. He's just oh, so I good. Seen it. Yeah, I, he's I, so I, good. I, I need it's to watch Netflix. that. Freedom. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's re- he's really good. Um, and, uh, and, and I just watch everybody's special, but I always pick a subject. Like this one's called Born with a Defect. We were all born with a defect because we were all born children. And like we've Mine's uh, a little more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about defects. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what was your defect? Six foot two, blonde, good looking white guy? What was your defect? Uh, I was born a child. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the whole point yeah. is that parents treat their kids so so nice, and and you know, and I was raised differently. And because mm-hmm. I was I was always treated as I was defective, I had to fix all those defects. That's kind of the new. But oh, it's okay. all about raising kids, having kids, and why you should never. You know, should, why, why, why you should, should never have, never kids? have really? kids? I say, I said, if you're a parent, this show is therapy. If you don't have kids, it is 90 minutes of birth control. At the end, <laughs> I've had couples come up and go, "Hey, dude, you know, she wanted a kid. She doesn't want a kid anymore. Thank you." And guys walk out of the yeah. What? I, yeah. Do you feel good about that response? Fucking totally, man. Yeah. We had too much, too much. We look. We don't have the natural resources anyway. Natural yeah. resources we don't have. And you know what? Live a life. I do a bit called the Lamborghini life because it costs 300 grand mm-hmm. to have a kid for for 13 years. That's all you need to say, by the way, for me grand. to never have. Yeah. One. So you, but you know, when you get 300 grand, a Lamborghini. You know. You with a Lamborghini, anything you want. Like you pull up for any <laughs> restaurant or store on a Lamborghini, park it right here. We're gonna wipe it down. Get that man a glass of champagne for he has a Lamborghini. <laughs> you drive it. Seriously, every get job interview. Wow, you have a Lamborghini. Go talk to the boss. You're obviously management potential. You're gonna get a corner office. If you have a Lamborghini, who's sitting next to you? Way out of your league, chick. Yeah, <laughs> smoking body. She got money. Got class. She doesn't like you, but you have a Lamborghini. There you go. There's something about you that scored that. If you have a kid, you don't. And, and you're driving around. I'm doing a bit now, guys. I don't want to do the. No, bit. no, no. It's okay, but. but one of the bits is you know you're driving around uh, you past parents and minivans with bald tires because Connor needs braces. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, and it's the exact opposite of uh, when you have a kid. Lambo gets you everything. Kid gets you all right. Corner table, oh, by the yeah. kitchen, yeah. Uh, yeah. sit him away. Yep. Yeah, shove him the fuck up. You know what a Lamborghini doesn't have? A fucking car seat. That's what it doesn't have. Doesn't <laughs> no have nowhere to mount it. So unless so, you're fucking a dwarf. Now, so, Chris, <laughs> when you now yeah, when he would sit yeah, on the yeah, console. Yeah. Uh, so wait, now, uh, same. Do you approaching each special? Do you have? Like what you just explained, like having a theme or an overall, like do you sit down and go, this, the amount of material I've written in the past year looks like it's all going towards this, or do you start with, I want to talk about I this start this with. Year. I usually start with a problem. Yeah. I usually start with a promise mm-hmm. like uh, Love is Evil was. I wanted to show, and it's never, and, like I didn't want to show, I didn't want to do My Ex-Wife is a Raging Bitch. I didn't want to do that. That was a big part of it, but I wanted to do, I wanted to do Love is Possible no matter how bad it gets. That was an, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Norman Rockwell. I wanted, I wanted this, this is going to sound, we're about to make comedy unfunny. You ready? Here we go. So Norman Rockwell's bleeding. Is, is to cause a paradigm shift in the way people saw their screwed up lives because dysfunctional was a bad word for a long time and I wrote that in 95 um, and then uh, and, and then by, and by, by, by the way when I said you're ahead of your time always that's a perfect example because mm-hmm. now all the shit you talked about in Norman Rockwell's Bleeding is now coming to like now it's like yes now there's People Everybody can talk about it. Yeah. Yes, everyone's yeah. allowed to. And, yeah. But then when you were first doing that, it was just like, oh, some man. clubs wouldn't book me, and I wasn't. It wasn't like I'm dirty. I wasn't saying you know, no. or nothing. I, it was just like he's too angry. He's talking about his mom killing herself, and I don't want to see it. And, and uh, but it's funny. Sure, my mom killed her her she husband. Killed, she but, killed her husband. Yeah. Yeah, but I made it funny. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> the whole thing. So you're right. It, actually, Forbes wrote something. Something online. This guy wrote for Forbes, and he said that Titus was doing Louis 15 years. Before Louis and Louis, wow. it, what that's no no slam on Louis. Louis is a genius. Yeah, uh, you know you know what he got when Louis C.K. just 
when Louis C.K. said, fuck it, I'm not going to try anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's yeah. a perfect example. That's what I did in 95 with Morocco. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you don't want to get on board, okay. I'll see you when I come around again. How tough is it to make that mindset switch? Freedom, man. I will tell you this. The, the moment before is the toughest. The moment mm. before when you go, God, but if I let it go and then agents and the business and they're not going to like me and what if this, you do that whole thing. And the other side of it is you're going to die, dude. You're going to be dead. And you want to die not, not and trying? And it's not long from here. No, no. You just, you st- I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm no longer going to fit into what they tell me is good. You, dude, we had a we fucking – all right. I'm going to tell you one more story, and then I want to ask about Mad TV if you don't mind. Can you talk sure, about yeah. It? Okay. So here's, here's what happens. So we're in Titus. I get Titus. I got Titus by saying in, in a meeting, I was like, guys, uh, look, I'm doing the show. And uh, and whether you guys want to be part of it or not, but we're going to risk it and do what we can. And, and I said, thanks. And I walked out of Fox. And my agent goes, you just told them you didn't give a shit if they picked the show up. I said, I don't. I really don't. I said, mm-hmm. eventually we'll do it. If I have to film it with a video camera, we'll do something on it. They called us like an hour later and said they, they bought it for no money, too. It was so out of line. People were like, we, yeah, it was no, it was like they could have, they could have just, they could have, there was so little money they could. And I'd had two big deals before that, and they just gave us nothing. And I was like, no, I want to do, I don't care about the money. Right. Um, so, so we're in the show. Shows the success. It debuted with a twenty share. It maintained that for for a while, and the, you know, and it, and it dropped to normal. Like the Walking shows. Dead gets a seven. Yeah, we had a just tw- so people know. Yeah, yeah we did. you had a twenty. Yeah. Okay. So, and but then I pissed off the wrong person, and they were president. And as they said, yeah. Robert Town said, you know, television is just high school with money. That's all. Show business is just high school with money. That's wow. all it is. It yeah. totally so, is. Yeah. And if you piss off the wrong executive, see, the thing is that you're doing something they can't do, or else they would do it. You're writing. You're performing. You're being funny. You're getting laughs. Yeah. You're getting the accolades. And their job is to make sure that you keep doing that. Doug Herzog is a perfect example. Doug Herzog is one of the best executives on the planet. because Amen. Doug, Doug Rub, goes, uh, Comedy Central. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Doug goes, hey, that works. Keep doing that. And then he leaves. And then if it goes wrong, he goes, hey, that's not working. Fucking fix that. And then he leaves. I mean, and, 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 and he, doesn't, he doesn't think he can, f- he's just a good dude. That's rare. Yeah. It's for an executive. Yeah, so, so we're doing an episode where my dad had a heart attack. Based on a true story, my dad, and I, my dad was, had four heart attacks. I took him to the Bahamas because there was a gig down there. And I thought, I'm going to hang out with him in the sun because I don't know how long I'm going to have him. And all he did was sit at the table and gamble. He wouldn't hang out with me. He was just gambling. He was just, and at one point, I'm sitting next to him. And I'm going, all right, because I called my wife. And I was like, what the fuck? And he, she goes, go hang out with him. You, just If he won't do it, it's, if you did it Come for him. him. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting at the table. I, I, he loses two hands next to me. And my dad goes, you're bad luck. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> And I am so not lying. That's you, honestly you happened. You flew him to the Bahamas. And, and, and I had already done the form, so I burst out laughing, and I went and sat at the table with this other family, and we just, we just were playing $5 hands, and it was a blast. But, but, and then my dad shows up, and, he, and he's like this look on his face, and I'm like, about two hours later, I'm like, what? And he pulls out a wad, pulls out this wad of money. He had won 8500 bucks after I left. I go, wow, fuck, I guess you're right. Because I had the form, so I wasn't like, I didn't. Yeah. I said, guess you're right. I was bad luck. Good for you. So, uh, so we wrote this episode where my dad goes to the Bahamas. We all go to the Bahamas because we don't know how long he has left. And he, he won't hang out with this. He's gambling. And as he's gambling, he starts to have a heart attack. And his, this is in the script. And his, his left arm goes numb, and he won't get up. He just won't get up. And I'm like, you've got to go. He goes, I'm not getting, shut up. I'm running. And he's getting madder and madder. I'm making it worse. And he's, so in the episode, he dies. He falls off this chair, and he dies. Mm-hmm. Then we go inside his head, and we're going towards the pearly gates and the white light. And as he gets to heaven, uh, they turn all the lights off. And they won't answer the gates. He's banging on the gates, and they won't answer the gates. Right? That's the and and you, and you hear you hear a piano get bumped into, and you hear Jesus, sorry, and you're like like oh, we're doing all this shit, we're doing all this shit. This and then and then all of a sudden, um, you know, we bring him back from the light, and we're we're giving him CPR. Uh, so we know 
when we're sitting at the, after we do the run through that we know pretty much that the network's going to shit all over this. We know mm-hmm. we're done. And the current guy uh, we had at a time, I think he's running like sci-fi or something now. Tony Opticon, that's his name. Which is a great James Bond Jesus, villain. Yeah. That's a great or you got to be running something. I, I would yeah. love you, can't just, you can't just be a subway artist if you're Tony Opticon. <laughs> Welcome I, to my lab, Mr. Bond. I am Tony Opticon. <laughs> would you like a honey oat tuna or oh, chicken shit. on? Yeah. So he goes, he goes uh, and we're waiting. And we, fin- we, we do the run through and we're just waiting. And I know it's going to be bad. And I'm just, I'm controlling myself. Because, again, being a comic by myself, writing and doing what I want for so long, it's hard to sit in a room with a bunch of people telling you you can't do what you know is funny. Yeah. A bunch of people who have never been on stage before yeah. uh, or written a script before. And he goes, uh, I got a question about the, the whole casino scene. I'm, here it comes. Here we go. Here we mm-hmm. go. Um, it's in the Bahamas, right? And, yeah. And he goes, uh, is Cynthia Watchers going to be wearing a bikini? And I pause and I go, what? What? And he goes, he goes, is she going to be a bikini? Because we want to make sure we go just to the edge of standards and practice. If she's so good looking, we'd like to have a really tiny bikini, but we're going to have to look at it to make sure it'll beat. St-. I go, you, that, is that the note? I go, yeah. I go, wait, you, you don't care that we just did all this religious imagery, killed one of the main characters, brought mm-hmm. him back to life, and then kind of made some Jesus jokes? So is it going to be a big so a two piece bikini? And I was like, "Fucking yeah, we're, we're all right. Bikini approval is yours, my friend." Wow. So and that's and sometimes and, and then sometimes you would do something that was so innocuous, and they would go, "Can't have it. Sorry, don't." Yeah, but it's what, he just what he just kind of yeah. flick, flicks a puppy in the head. Nope, no puppy no, touching. No, because I don't like that the puppy has a red collar. I don't yeah, get that. Yeah, why is it red? So it's weird. So so I grew up a blood. So yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> If you try to do what they want, it doesn't work. And Louie at one point just walked into John Landgraf's from the story that I heard as he walked in. And he said, listen, uh, give me this much money. I'll give you an episode of television every week, and no one says anything about what I'm doing. Because he had been through it so many times. Yeah. And, and I think now that's why we film in the movie. It's like I could have probably – got someone to kick in some money for the movie but then I would have had to have changed it and, and I couldn't answer to them and have right. their input and, then, and, yeah. and all, and all that I, I get to succeed or fail on my own and like the special in Escondido this yeah. weekend <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. my company's filming it so you know and it's and, and we've, we've shot the last two specials and it's kind of it's freeing so when you said is it hard to make that decision yes but once you make the decision, on the other side of that decision is this lightness and freedom like you can't believe. And I still have – yeah, I panic. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Holy shit. Human nature. Ah, ah. Yeah. See, you know, but, well, any type of big risk, there's a lot of that involved, right? We, even for our own theaters. Like if you go see me on the road at a theater, that's my company did that. It's not, oh, we, it's not Liveation AEG because I can't see why if I'm putting – 1,100 people in a theater, why I'm paying someone 60% of what I brought in. Who's sitting in an office in Los Angeles or New York. Yeah, and, and they're what great they people. Do. I know these yeah. people. They're great people. They're just, they just want to do business. But again, I always say this. I know why Prince wrote Slave on his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're in this business long enough, and and you will have those moments. Yeah, because I gu- gu- guaranteed you will have so, the moments where you're like, Because the, the business fuck? will tell you to fuck off one day. I mean, yeah. Ch- yeah. Gonna, Chappelle it, 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 walking away from all that money, I mean, you, so... You, I mean, that's just like... But he also walked away with a lot of money. It's a lot yeah. easier to walk away from a lot of that's money people, when yeah. you're carrying a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't carry any more money, so I'm going to go now. <laughs> it's a lot easier. I, I didn't have that. I had, my ex-wife's got all the money. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> it's a lot sadder story on my end. <laughs> I want to I say this because you, more than any other comic I've seen on stage, are comfortable and thrive in silences. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. You, I, I, and that's well, not saying you're not funny. That doesn't sound good, but I understand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's not saying you're not funny. It's uh, you are comfortable making the audience and wanting them as tight as they can possibly go yeah. before releasing them with a joke. Yeah, you like the, the bit of that, – that happened with Norman Rockwell. I wrote that bit about my mom's suicide, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, and I knew – I, kn- I knew it was ballsier to take it to that place than it was to not. Yeah. You know, because I could have just said, Mom killed herself. Hi, move it on. Except I just went, no, let's let's see how far we can go into this. And where do you get that from comics you look up to that make a uh, Yeah, if tort- you look at some of the best, man. I mean, look at some of the – I mean, Pryor, Pryor would do stuff at moments where he would just take it to this quiet place. And, and it, I think the only sin is to not be compelling. If you're not compelling, if you're just – if you're if it's silent because you're not funny, but yeah. if you're silent and they're leaning in like, holy shit, holy shit, holy they're shit. with you. Yeah. It's and the greatest th- feeling. You, yeah, you do that on your some of your shit. That last, I saw your first special you did it, man. Yeah, the, the stuff I did about, about my dad – for the new special yep. Daddy Issues. There's no way... I learned how to do that kind of comedy from Norman Rockwell's Bleeding. Oh, no joke. Yeah. Because... The, and it's gotten to the point where now, if I, get, if I can get a crowd that's just silent like that, that's almost more thrilling than a huge laugh. Yeah. Because you know, oh my God, I have them. So I want to be clear though. Yeah. You, you, so I get on stage and for the first 10 minutes I write hard jokes. I want them to be, okay, this guy knows his fucking, this guy's got his, this my, this we my, bought the right ticket. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Okay, fuck, this guy, all right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then, then the next 20, usually longer stories that are just still the same amount of LPMs. Yep. You know, and then they're on a ride now. And then about two thirds of the way through there's a moment where you, if you, whatever the show I've written about is to just smack them mm-hmm. and, and it just, it, 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 you like, it's like yanking an emergency brake at the edge of a cliff so you're still like, holy shit, holy shit. And then you just kind of walk it for a second, and then boom, you got to hit him with a, another laugh. You can't just leave him there. No, that's, that's a sin, man. You just yeah. leave it on it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. The fuck was yeah. that? Why, why, why am I crying? And, and then the doctor came in the room and yeah. said, "You guys are great." Yeah. <laughs> He's out. But how did it feel the first time you pulled that off? Unbelievable. Just yeah. unbelievable. And, and the the fact that I was able to do that was just like. Like, because you know that they were into you, and you're right. You can't do it right up front no. because they don't trust you yet. Yeah, you have you have to give them some jokes to, to make them go like, "Oh, this guy is funny," and maybe do a little edgy stuff so they go, "Okay, this guy can make edgy stuff funny." And then you get them with those little those little cliffhanger moments where the, they go silent, and then oh man, it's the greatest comic, feeling. I think a lot of comics forget too that they're you. I mean, so everything you've experienced, we're, we're all the same machine, man. Yeah. We're all made out of blood, bone, and hair. We've all had the exact same, not exactly the same, but within the same. I mean, all our dads were dicks at one point, or if you didn't have, you, you, one of your parents was a, was a douche at times. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. We all have stories to tell. And, and as long as you tell the truth, man, that's another thing, dude. You notice that when you're lying, they know. Oh yeah, and when you're telling the truth, if they don't know consciously, but they know, they know. Yeah. They, they're like it just gets quieter. They're just not laughing as hard. Yeah. But if you're dead honest, they're like, bah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and yeah. it's that honesty that translates. That yeah. it, and that's it, when they lean in. Yeah, so you and said, that's when they come to every show. So you said Norman Walk, uh, Rockwell was bleeding and the stuff no, about your mom. Norman Walk was bleeding. I say, it, dude. I say, <laughs> Baba Walter. Dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's Titus. one of those titles. It's a mad TV I, character I'm working on. Right? I, I, I do that too, where I'm just like Norman Walk was bleeding. Fuck. <laughs> It's a lot of W's, a lot of R's. Yeah, you were on it, Matt TV. Matt TV's yeah. come back, and you're on it. How, yeah. how did that go, man? Dude, how many auditions did you have to do to oh, do that? Oh, man, five? Because everybody tests. wanted that show. Did they? Yes. Are you yeah. kidding? Uh, yeah, I guess. Legendary. I, yeah. Congratulations, oh, thanks, man. man. I pumped. hate you. Fuck, don't even forget. <laughs> no, you. but if I told First, you the amount. part in the heat. If I told you the <laughs> amount of, I mean, just shit that I've gone through in 10 years, like, and gotten and not gotten, I mean, it's, um. Yeah. Well, not saying really, I'm very, but it's just like, I mean, I was, 
I mean, I definitely called my mom and, uh, you know, uh, shed some tears because it was just like, A, A, I wanted the job really bad because of the amount of sketch I've done. And just, I, I knew it was a great platform to be able to, like, showcase right. me. And you don't get those opportunities a lot. And sometimes you get things, you book things, and you're like, oh, this will be a cool job, but I'm not, I'm getting to do one piece of me. And so, um, and also the amount of, like, close calls had just, like, and the, and how many auditions I went through for this? It was like a big like. And, and again, even you mentioned like this is one thing. This isn't going to be the be all end all. And I, you know, I don't want to say this is going to like what defines or whatever is the thing that leads. It, this could be a one and done thing. Uh, no, but you, no, you're going to blow up like Jesus, man. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? I just, uh, <laughs> Maybe I can afford two stairmasters after that. <laughs> but, uh, two stairmasters, you're crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but I want to know. Um, uh, you, you mentioned the stuff about your mom was when you decided to go. Oh, I'm going to kind of. I just want to say yeah. congratulations. Uh, someone gets something like that. That's real cool. You know, yeah. it, it's it, it's a good dude. Everyone's on someone it's like like and and I and I think I've been that prick for like some years. <laughs> you know, because I, I I was raised really like I was started at 17, 18, 19. I was like really young and like all these older guys were like, eh, get away. And I had this I had this chip on my shoulder for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, you you ask some guys that knew me in San Francisco when I started. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I asked Jake Johansson was on my podcast. I go, Jake. I was like, he goes, you you were hard to deal with. <laughs> when did you wow. let go? Of that? And that's saying it nicely. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I let go with it about uh, eight months ago. About eight months ago. I really, <laughs> honestly, after my became a nice guy. Yeah. It really is. But even that is an easier said than done. Like mental shift of when you. St- I remember first getting graduating uh, acting school at SC, and uh, like three of my buddies immediately got agents and like movie jobs, and I like couldn't. I was like so like pretend happy for them because it was just like what the fuck and then you just get to a point where you're like i'm not doing myself any favors by not being happy for people and it's just it feels way better and Mm -hmm. you're it uh also you you get to a point where you go oh cool brad and i are going in for different parts so why (laughs) am i we're on different we're on different paths yeah yeah why does he get to be in a baby bjorn on a billboard why is is dule hill getting the (laughs) getting the crack dealer and i'm the six foot two white guy who looks like a nazi yeah (laughs) but you know just realizing like different paths you're gonna you're carving your own uh and and I got to be happier when I when I realized that just because someone else gets a job doesn't mean that you like didn't get one yeah. and there's room for all of us. Yeah, so that well that's what we're getting a little kumbaya now, but yeah, man, yeah. dude, the world's in perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. If you you didn't get that job is cuz you didn't get that job. It's not mm-hmm. you were supposed to get it and and the someone universe took it. The universe doesn't make mistakes, man. It just doesn't. <laughs> the universe doesn't make mistakes. And so when you you know, like when I got Titus, like honestly, I just didn't it's not that I didn't care anymore. I just knew that what I was going to do with Titus was going to be what I was going to do. Now, that being said, three years into it, uh, that argument with the network president was the dumbest night of my life, dumbest mm-hmm. day. I mean, that meeting was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Did you know it after you... Oh, yeah. Oh, I knew it the so second I said it. You felt the words coming out. You were like, pull I these back. The, I, the joke I did in the special was that you know the thermostat lowered itself. I just got cold, <laughs> man. And then a tumbleweed blew across, and I heard Clint Eastwood's voice. Well, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, yeah, no, I knew. I knew the second it happened because the room, I thought, I honestly did think there was going to be this moment of, yeah, take that from, from, my, from my people on my side, but they were older and had a little more insight into the business, yeah. and, and they mm-hmm. were like, oh, that was that was horrible what you just did. <laughs> so we're going to get a call you, in about five minutes. Yeah, yeah, you've embarrassed the network president in front of everybody. Yeah. yeah so And it wasn't, it wasn't the best idea. Uh, her idea was not a good idea, and mm-hmm. uh, the good news is a couple years later with Paramount, she got fired for being difficult. Boom! There you go. <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, I hate to put it in. Universe doesn't make mistakes. Like we said, universe doesn't make mistakes. What was your favorite part about doing the show? 
the writers' room. Uh, Robert Hawkins was there. Jim Hope was there. Wow, Robert Hawkins, uh, uh, yeah. And probably. Hawk was the funniest man. You know, we had so many great writers. Patrick Megan, who started as a writer's assistant, he was a great writer's assistant because he would go. He was so funny. He'd be sitting there. We'd be yelling stuff. Yeah, say this. Put this. Ah, and then he goes in, and he would. And, and Patrick had this weird thing. Like if he, if he heard a joke that wasn't funny, he would mm-hmm. just go, "Do you really want me to write that?" No, he was nice about it. At first we were effective. like, yeah, put it down. He's like, okay. And put it down. And then, then, then we got after about two months of work with them. Like, do you want to write that? And we'd all stop and go, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. No, I don't know. Reread it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a better <laughs> joke here. But the writer's room was the, funnest, was the most fun place we, we've ever been. And working with Stacey Keach, we got you know, David Carradine came on the show. Mm-hmm. And we had great, and Keach was this dude, man. It was like playing ball. It's like, hey, it's like doing a pickup game with Jordan. You know, and you're like, you're just, you know, you're just you, but yeah. because George, everything that's happening is exactly to you, you're just, I'm the best player ever. And that's wow. how, that's how Stacey Keach was. was. It took me, because I didn't really know who he was based on my age. Like, I didn't really yeah. know who Stacey Keach was before Mike that. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, it, it took me a while before I stopped looking at Stacey Keach as your dad, like, yeah. as that character. Yeah. Because he played it just so fucking well. He's getting cast as it, too. We, we showed him so well. Like, he did this show that just got, that got it was actually, he was really funny on it. Uh, uh, I don't families or whatever some some ever word that some lame sitcom name mm-hmm. you know and and he was on it and he did twelve episodes like that and it was it was people kept calling me go uh, your dad's on another show now <laughs> so working I'm like it's would cute. you have the writers meet your uh, father to really they did to they write came down it? yeah mm-hmm. they came down the first. Uh, my dad came down. How did he uh, take that? Because I know he was pissed, man. He was he, he was pissed because I'd already been doing Norman Rockwell for a couple of years, and he came to the show a couple of times, and he was just like, you know, you know, I don't remember these stories the way you remember them, and I'm like, yeah, well, okay, <laughs> you well, were drinking a lot, yeah. <laughs> and if I told them your way, they probably wouldn't be giving me a checks as big as this. So <laughs> no, if I told him his way, he was perfect. He was uh, the, he was the dad. Okay. But it, so he comes down to the film that we filmed the pilot, and uh, Keach Keach was really funny, but Keach kind of had this surface level sitcom dad thing he was doing. Mm-hmm. And him and my dad went out; they just disappeared. Like we were we were on the set and we're filming the pilot, and all of a sudden. Like, anyone seen Stacy? Or, or and I'm like, no. Where the fuck's my dad at? Mm-hmm. They were gone for like six hours, and they came back, kind of lit up a little bit. And <laughs> Stacy just goes, looks at me, goes, "I got it." <laughs> oh so I don't know where oh they went God. or what they did, but when they came back, Stacy had spent enough time with my dad uh, and had a couple with my dad that it was, and he just and he nailed it. He had that the edge that my dad had. But my dad swore to guy. My, my dad swore to God. We interviewed him. Extra was there. We're filming the pilot, and Extra's interviewing us just in case it goes. And hmm. my dad says this. It's on. I actually have it on Norman Rockwell's bleeding. He says, and I, I never abuse those kids. And if I did, they deserved it. <laughs> he says it in an interview. He's not joking. He's dead serious. It was Something more testimony. <laughs> Yeah. Like, but no, but that's true. Yeah, and right. He, and he, now, with all the stuff that you write about your family, because you're obviously a very personal comic, Like, uh, has there ever been a moment where either Rachel or your kids, have they ever vetoed a joke? You know, there's a joke I'm doing right now, a bit about my aunt right now, that is just, it's it's me, it's honest, but it's kind of mean, man, and, and, uh-huh. it's, and it gets such a big look, but it's mean, and when she sees it, there's going to be an empty space at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was just oh, saying, like, how do you, and you just, but you're going full-fledged ahead, you're just like, this is a great bit. I bought her two cars, I bought this joke. <laughs> okay, you know what? <laughs> you know what? That's your argument right Get there. Get your own stuffing. Uh, yeah. purchased, if, I, if these jokes pay for those cars, I'm fine with it. I, I think you have to be honest, man, and this new show, like Norman Rock 
Rockwell's all about me being a kid. Well, mm-hmm. uh, a, um, uh, Born with a Defect is about me having kids and why you shouldn't. It's weird. I, right. I've had people come to me during this tour and just going, dude, like I grew up with you. Like I was, I was like 20 when I started watching your stuff. Now I got a kid and, and I got a wife, and you're talking about kids. It's, it's crazy. So yeah. through through the, their first divorce and all that kind of stuff. And then like uh, in, uh, fifth annual end of the world tour, that was like right after 9 11, and was about you're the, explaining 9 yeah. 11 to your kids. I had a kid 16 days before 9 11. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, wow. I was holding her when the towers, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Oh, I just had a baby, and the planet's burning down. This is great." <laughs> and never that was that had the, that had my trip to Iraq on it had yeah. uh, had, had uh, Terry Schiavo uh, the bit called Kill Titus. I, that was that that's a great special man. It's got pedophile crucifixions on it, which got me into some trouble. Pedophile, which, why? Yeah. You're crucifying pedophiles. No, Who has a problem with that? It was, it was, pedophiles. Yeah. Well, there's a <laughs> new bit. question. There, there, yeah. There's a new bit in the new show where I, my daughter, we were watching the riots on TV. And this joke, man, you, you ever notice how an audience you'll say something that you don't mean, but their PC thing kicks in, and they. Yeah. The joke is, and my daughter and I were watching the news, and we're watching. Uh, it was a Ferguson thing. No, it was mm-hmm. a Baltimore thing. No, it's a North Carolina thing. <laughs> Sorry, wait, Florida. No, it was a Texas thing. I, I don't. All I remember is some black people were getting soul raped by bullets. That's all I remember. <laughs> I mean, again. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Come and, on, it's spot so, on. So the honest be like, oh, and I'll be like, oh, did, has anyone read the paper in the last year and a half? Because yeah. yeah. did those things not happen? Yeah. yeah. Google so, the internet. So, yeah. So that bit, that pedophile crucifixion, was like this bit yeah. about teaching my daughter about racism. Because my daughter, in the middle of the riots, goes, "Why is black people? Why are black people so angry?" Mm-hmm. She's a little privileged white girl, and I had to, we we had an hour and a half long conversation about the history of why black people are so angry, and because we we did that. Yeah. <laughs> we we kind of. So mm. it's a long bit, and when you first wrote it, it's one of those bits when I first write it, it is so uncomfortable. The entire audience yeah. is just like, no. Well, no, but uh, pedophile crucifixion was when the Catholic Church was raping a lot of little kids. And my whole point was you, got, you always got to find a way into a bit. The mm-hmm. point was that there's good priests. Yeah. There's good priests. So the bit is this good priest takes over a bad parish, and on this first day, he's got uh, the bad priest nailed on the cross behind him. And he's doing his first service, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Except I'm doing it in Pittsburgh one day, and I got the bit to us fine. We're about a month away from filming the special. I'm in Pittsburgh, and this dude is sitting right in front of me, and Brad knows this. A whole audience can be laughing. Don't notice one of them. One dude's not one laughing. Dude, I'm yeah. fucking lasered. You oh, know yeah, this, yeah. too. Yes. You laser on that dude. Don't know why. why? That's what is our wrong with you? That's our signal. Yeah. Why aren't you laughing? Everyone else, what's wrong? And this dude's sitting right in front of me on this riser, and he's got his arms crossed, and he's shaking his head. And I go, and I, I should have I just moved on. And I said, dude, what's your problem? And he goes, my. My son is a Catholic priest. And I said, oh is he one of the rapey ones? <laughs> oh, my God. And the, and the audience. Fair question. The audience, they lost it. Yeah, they lost their yeah. shit. And then he, got, he flipped me off and he goes, F you. And he walks out of the club. And I said, aren't you supposed to turn the other cheek? <laughs> and it was a, it was, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, just it, was a Midwest, it was a Midwest chain club. And I had a meeting with the uh, manager that night. And I was told where the line was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess. I mean, and still, that's one of those things where... Even when that happens, you can make the argument, but like, yeah, boss, but 99% of them were laughing. Yeah, yeah. Are you yes. someone who thinks you can joke about anything? Like, nothing is off limits? Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think 
I think there's I think there's two kinds of edge. There's there's really dirty like really cunt and blah blah you know rape. There's that kind of okay. Edge, well, I'm still is, working on that bit, but it's, it's but you know yeah, what I mean. There's a lot of guys that do that. And they, yeah. they 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 consider themselves edgy, and then there's like the racism bit. I consider edgy. Some of the brass have talking about you know Brad being who he is, the size mm-hmm. he is, and dealing with that. I mean, some people don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and to make those things funny, that I think that's 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 when that's when you're doing good work, man. That's when you're doing good. Like, yeah, Carlin was like that. Carlin would go into. Do you see that bit he's on his last special? About deleting people after they die out of his phone. What? It's yeah. like the darkest thing. He goes, "You get two weeks and fuck you." <laughs> he goes, "You're in the you're in my phone for two weeks after you're dead. Then delete." <laughs> he's start, he's mean, talking about incredible. death. He's talking yeah. about death through deleting his contacts in his phone. And I'm like, I hated him. I hated him. I'm like, uh, Carlin make every special I watch. You know when you see someone great and you're like, God, fuck, yeah. I, I am never gonna be that ever. What advice do you have for somebody like me who's putting together like what is going to be like my first hour? And I feel like it's very like right now my comedy is very. I'm starting to tackle more stuff that is personal, but right now it's real fun and 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 uh, you know positive. And but I have a lot of like family shit that I want to get into so bad. Uh, for example, my sister's husband is a white rapper. And, <laughs> no. and and that not anymore, really. He does shows like once every couple months. Yeah. But there's so much shit that I just talk about that has already happened that I part of me goes, let their marriage go longer than two years before I talk about it publicly no. on TV so that maybe they're they're <laughs> solid enough to be able to handle that. I mean, shit with my stepmom, like there's just so much. And, and I go, for sure, I think in the uh, second special, I would get into it because I would be like, well, what, now what I. What would you tell them that? Because you, you didn't used to mm-hmm. always, you didn't always used to talk about what you talk about. No. Uh, you know, it's, you know what? Well, like for me, I feel and like everything is a little different yeah. because for me, I had to get the audience comfortable with dwarfism first and then it's like okay oh you're good they're, they're you're, never comfortable you're just, yeah, you're just so that. you know it's like oh, really? it's we like, don't like it's like, getting we don't comfortable. Like it. it's like getting comfortable with spiders never really i'll be okay i'll listen but to them never, talk about their lives yeah, yeah. Never, don't fucking bite it's me never really gonna be okay Brad. i don't want to hear a spider talk yeah. about racism <laughs> but i mean I, yeah, but i like that you've like i get uncomfortable no we're just yeah. nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are normal shoes so well on, well honestly i just had to learn how and 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 because like I tried to do bits about my dad going through cancer while he was going through cancer and I, and I just I, it was too close. Sometimes you can be too connected. Couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't yeah. do it yet. Like I just started talking about working at a grocery store in high school like six months ago, and there's now probably a whole hour on it because of the stories. And and it's just speaking of what you guys are talking about, like there's a story that I tell about you know uh, a kid with Down syndrome who was a grocery bagger there, and it's like the first story I've told where it gets like. Man, low and quiet, and like people even just yeah. like awing, and then you come in with a big punch. But it's like even that stuff. I'm just everything I talk about is based in reality, but it's there's just so much deeper shit that I I can't bring myself to. So you know, there, so there's the thing. So I did. The I also don't want to talk about it right now. Well, that's that, that's things. Like I went to the Landmark Forum. Landmark Forum kind of they it's something in Landmark Forum. It's just a three day course, and they they clear all your past. Like you talk about. It's not like it's not. I don't mean clear going clear. I mean like you talk <laughs> about the shit in your life, and you, they put it into a context. Like you, what your life, what happened to you, is a story you made up. Like what happened, what happened. Your dad got cancer. Mm-hmm. What you made that mean, you made up. 
You know, mm. there's no truth except the truth you believe. Now, you can choose an ugly truth or you can choose a, a pure truth. You know, my ex-wife cheating on me, uh, I could say, well, she was I'm, – I'm a loser. I'm horrible. I was you – know, and she – or I could say, without her cheating on me, I never would have met the best woman in my life. Two, two totally opposite stories, yeah. same incident. So mm. what we make things mean is really important. So like my mom, I could never have talked about my mom's mental illness before this. I really got that my mom didn't hate me in the forum. I got that she was fucking crazy. She was just crazy. That's it. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't. My dad didn't hate my guts. He actually loved me because if you if you hate somebody, you're fucking not up their ass all the time. You just leave them right. alone. Yeah. My dad was always. What are you doing? You're an idiot. Stop it. And that he and that's just the way he did it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I started hearing my dad differently from that day forward. So what happened was I, now when something horrible happens, I just change what I my story about it, and that's how I write the comedy. So once you change, it's like all this stuff that you say you don't want to talk about because yeah. there's a darkness to it. There's something that means something to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you made that meaning up. Yeah. You know, now it's hard. That's hard. There also is a thing where I'm, I, I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure that my stepmom wouldn't fucking do something banana shit crazy if she heard all these like, real the cra- honest things about no, how fine. I feel about her. Man, and also I care about my, gonna, my dad. He's going to die soon, too. <laughs> uh, like, listen, exactly. Like, you you want to buy a car, man. <laughs> There's yeah. a house. You need a house. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, my dad, my dad didn't. My dad hated all the stories I told. Then one day he came to me and he said, "I didn't know you saw it like that." And then we did Titus, and he was really upset because every episode of Titus, yeah. He, yeah. Well, one day he's in. It was like remember that old store Mervins. They had a Mervins here. Come on, yeah. Mervins before they close, mm-hmm. and he gives his idea to the lady, and the lady goes, "Uh, Ken Titus," and he goes like the show Titus he goes oh yeah it's my god and he just goes off on me that's my <laughs> stupid son yeah just making fun of me blah blah and she goes would you wait here for a second and and he says yeah so she disappears she comes back with two guys from the stock room Mm-hmm. And they just flip out on my dad. They go, without dads like you, man, we would be in jail right now. He goes, I almost, because my dad beat my ass, that's why I'm working here now instead of in prison. Thank you so much for being a kind of father that, that we need more of. And these are like these are like 21-year-old kids. Wow. wow. And my dad was like, uh, he never got it. Like I, So you can't, like, you, like, so here's the thing. When you write the bit about your stepmom, you can't write it through, through hating. No. You have to write it through a different, you have to go a different way in and write it. From you, maybe figuring out why your dad loves her, maybe that's why, and then starting yeah. up with reasons why he loves her, and the reasons can be really funny. But like you have to, and you can still say what you want to say, but you're doing it to this weird way where she really can't jam you up. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am thankful. You know, the relationship I have with my mom and how what she's been in my life probably wouldn't be there without my dad cheating with this woman. One thing I do feel like <laughs> I also go see you're talking hey, about hey, it with no also, pain at my, all. My, my, one, my one bummer is that he didn't cheat with somebody more like Martha Stewart, like somebody that really had something to bring to the table and not just like some added bonuses. But Just not fishnet stocking. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a skill. I'd have been dead. You know what? If she could fix a car, install right. stereos, a sweet could, even shot. do a window tint, something. I mean, at least update websites because yeah. I can really use yeah. that right yeah, now. Yeah. 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 She could she could. Cheat with, cheat with a skill. Yeah. <laughs> Do that at least. Yeah. A lot of guys don't, though, man. Man, pussy's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, so, so with this... Um, uh, uh, Next special? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those um, words. Why, how did you pick um, where you're shooting it in Escondido? Uh, we filmed uh, uh, Neverlution there, and it was one of the best specials. It's, it's this perfect little theater. It's, it's 400 seats, mm-hmm. but it's got two tiers, and it's really tight on you. And it looks hmm. like it looks. Look at the pictures of it. It's really like it's beautiful. It's like modern, uh, modern classic, and it's and it's tight. And the problem is, I think sometimes. Uh, 
big big comedy doesn't translate well on TV. Yeah. Like if you can watch, if you got you know twenty five hundred seats, and I played like I toured with Kenny Loggins, I toured with some people where where it was sixteen thousand people, and it's just weird. You know, I did yeah. I did I did Gator Ground once, eighty five thousand people. It's the weirdest <laughs> show I've ever done. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Gain- Gainesville, Florida, right? Yeah. How do you, you even University of Florida? I mean, not only that, but the games the next day, so they won't let people on the field. So you're standing at the end of the stadium, and it's just eighty five thousand people <laughs> around, and you do a joke, blah 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 blah, and you just it would go. Doesn't even sound like laughter. It comes back. It would come back, and the next joke. I did like fourteen minutes, six jokes. It was. It was. Great. It was like. It was like. It would just take so long for the laugh to stop that you would just. Uh, wait. Yeah. Is that even enjoyable? No, yeah. at all. No. Money with the check went. Yeah. Check cleared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Check cleared. No, that's why. That's why I picked it. I always want. I want the audience to have a have a good time. And this theater, man, we're doing two shows, and it's only four hundred seats, and it's just a kick ass. It's a, it's a, it's one of those theaters that when you're on the stage, you know those rooms where it's just rocking you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you're doing your job. Oh yeah. It's like it's just rumbling your guts yeah. a little bit. That, Are you that. big on having an intimate vibe? Because you you connect really well with. Your audience, so I feel like. Um, being able to, do you like to ha- be able to see like a couple rows? No, no, nah, nah, I don't care about that. You okay. know, Carlin, if you look at Carlin's special, they, it's funny. Like, I hate working with directors. Another reason I took over my own comedy production is because they'd go, "No, we're getting a jib, and then we're gonna have a dolly, and the guy's gonna whip it across. There'll be a guy standing behind you in a mum and Sean's outfit. He's gonna look like a mime, and he's gonna film the audience <laughs> while you're doing." And I'm like, "What? Why are we doing that?" And they go, "Oh, it'd be great." For the, I said, "Because we did it before." But yeah. yeah, but there's a guy with a camera behind me roaming the stage. Do you know how easy it is to fuck up comedy? Like right. you're gonna have a dude roaming the stage. Oh, while yeah. Way that it's never been done. Like yeah. it's just like okay. And then as, as I'm as I'm telling this very serious moment, this guy in an all black suit is going to walk a camera up next to my face, yeah, and right. the audience is going to be like, "No, we don't see that guy." Or there's a dolly track uh, in front of the front of the front row that as you do that, we're going to we're going to do a slow pan. Are you are you going to pan during comedy? Like a staccato comedy goes. Comedy's like yeah, it doesn't do that. So I I kicked him like we did in Evolution. <laughs> uh, New Wave Entertainment did it and I have to say it's one of the best looking specials it looks so good but before mm-hmm. that special my manager comes up to me and he goes he has the guy with the camera and he goes and this is why I'm an asshole this is why this is why I'm not beloved um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm aware of that doesn't matter you got a huge yeah. dick yeah there you go there you go and so what happens is is that uh, the guy's on the camera with the camera and I go, I go if that guy's on this stage when that audience is seat you're gonna have to send them home because I won't be walking on this stage. Whoa. And he was like, he's like, I go, I go, I go, and I go, Carlin. And here's what saved my ass. I go, Carlin. I go, watch every one of Carlin's specials. Two center cameras, left, right, no audience shots. I don't need you. I don't listen. If I need an audience shot of them laughing to prove that I'm funny, I have fucked up my job. I am <laughs> not qualified to yeah, do true. this. Yeah. So if you look at Carlin's special, it just it's just center left right, center left right, center left right, and it and it's got it's got a rhythm to it. And every time I see a big jib shot where it's really pretty and the camera's slowly moving, what are you fucking Celine Dion? What are you doing with comedy? <laughs> Some people think they are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do not mean though. I mean, and I, I'm such a purist, and, and, and you're I, exactly right. Though I, I never see those shots and go hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> funniest, funniest yeah. jib move yeah. I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, <laughs> and and there's the, and as, as someone who has a jib in their special, uh, <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely some ego involved in those shots. Of be, 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 because you want to be like, look how many people are here yeah. in, yeah. in yeah. just for me, and yeah. like there. But that's all. That's least, all it is. Thank you for flat out admitting that. That's all it is. Because I know because we actually had we had the meeting for the special today. Yeah. We had the production meeting. And I go, uh, guys, and then I did this. I go, do me a favor. Before the show starts, I want you guys to plant a camera on the stage, and we'll use a time lapse. And I want you to just take a take a picture. Every so they're basically going to have a time lapse of the 
place filling up. Because mm-hmm. I'm the same as you. All right, man, good. There also, you go. Brad, well, good, we still still good to yeah. know your inner monologue voice sounds like a Harry Potter villain. <laughs> My, look at me, how great I am. Sure. I mean, look how many people came to see me. I mean, pretty much every dwarf in her monologue is some fantasy, see, fantasy and this genre. This is why I have him here. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a certain amount of that. You, you, you want it to, you I want mean, it to look Larry professional. Larry the Cable Guy that is special in a football yeah. stadium. Yeah. Was that the best? Did he really? Yes, in I a football that. stadium. Kevin Hart's new film is in a yeah. baseball stadium. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nuts. Like, is that the best venue for comedy? No. 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 It absolutely is not. But your dick gets hard when you look out and see a football stadium and go, that's a lot of people. Comedy rock star shit. Bought my tickets. Uh, A few more things. Uh, You got about 10 more minutes. Are you good? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably talking way too much. No, this is incredible. (laughs) And you're... this is great. Insightful, inventive. Go ahead. You are. You're I'm very, just trying it, to give it, you more it, words. <laughs> I mean, it's it's easier said than done to be very articulate uh, about this. I do want to ask you one thing. You uh, do a segment on your podcast called the Armageddon, Armageddon Update. Yeah. Yeah. So with uh, Kardashians, election, Zika virus, where are we? Uh, I, 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 and, and we're on the edge. Of, I, I'm I'm hoping for an extinction level event. Honestly, God, <laughs> I, I think we could take out six billion of us and we'd still be fine. And so you're going up, for like oh Mor- Morgan Freeman up, deep impact. And we yeah, shit. we'd set up some gigs too. Instantly, if we survive, we'd be like, hey guys, you know what? There's uh, there's some rubble. Why don't we set up a light and a mic at the rubble? <laughs> and I've got you know we'll call it the club the rubble. We'll call it the rubble. Did you guys get a spot at the rubble? That's <laughs> that? Got to sign up a long time earlier. <laughs> Fucking zombies are way getting spots. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just think we're like Trump is Trump. Trump like we have this weird. How did we get here? That we have this mobster four year old who you know, and I mean the hands of a four year old. He's a tiny man, and, and and he just he just babbles shit, and he keeps getting more popular. It really reminds me, and this is gonna sound. I'm not comparing. I'm just saying Germany in the 40s where people just. And I don't know if people are mad because the economies, but I don't understand what happened. Does people mm-hmm. remember what 2009 was? Because it was fucking a nightmare. Uh, and then you got, then you got, then you got, I'm so glad Ted Cruz quit because the last four guys, Cruz, because you just watched Ted Cruz walk the earth going, no one's ever going to wipe a booger on me again. No one's ever going to wipe a booger on me again. <laughs> Didn't he just look I'll like that guy? One day. I thought, yeah. that's the first yeah. president going to shoot up an office building. That's what he looks like. <laughs> And then you got you got Hillary who's just got this wake of bodies behind her allegedly allegedly wake of bodies <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I don't want to yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to yeah. die in a single one car accident <laughs> uh, just an odd where they find trunk fibers on my shirt and a suicide note written in a language I don't speak yeah. <laughs> allegedly I said yeah allegedly and yeah Bernie well, and I don't know what Bernie's doing but Bernie Bernie's just this, this kind of lovable yet grumpy model train enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> just, I love how he's never said anything about trains, but when you say that, you're like, yeah. perfect. Yeah. He knows everything about yeah, them. You know he's got an engineer's cap somewhere in his basement. He puts it on before he goes yeah, to bed. That's right. And if he's in White House, you can just see him in the basement. Just doo doo. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's on the phone. I told you when I'm playing with my trains. <laughs> I will not be bothered. <laughs> Choo choo, Barney. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's. I think this this election by far is the weirdest I've seen in my lifetime, and I've been around a while. Now, yeah. by weird, do you mean scariest? Scariest because that dude could win, and I think I think his ego. I, I don't want a. I don't want a crazy guy who says crazy shit. I want a guy mm-hmm. who's calm and go, measured and goes. Ah, I'm running the most powerful country in the world. You know. Let, let I got step back. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me have some meetings. The situation. Let me, uh, let's yeah. do it fast. But let's have some meetings against yeah. the best guys, the smartest guys we know. Not not a guy who's going. I'm telling you, it's going to be perfect. Yeah. No, no, no. Good. You're going to love it. It is so good. It is going to be the best ever. What are you going to do? Don't you worry. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh, really? And Fucking... by the way, my dick is huge. Yeah. Wait, yeah. What? <laughs> Tiny hands, big dick. There you go. Yeah. I got great words. 
to. <laughs> None of this shit really matters. What I you're got saying. a good brain. He said that I use great words and I got a good brain. I got a, oh my god! Not I, a great brain. I got a good brain. He I got said a good that. brain. You know, that's yeah, something. That's something the Down syndrome bagger at my grocery store What do you guys think about it? What do you guys say? I mean, as a comedian, I'm just kind of like. Wow. Uh, I mean, I didn't need that much material. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to write three specials this year. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 feel like, I feel like some really awful shit will happen if he wins as far yeah. as like... I think worldwide. I think we'll be. Yeah. I think it's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna set off something in people. But they're just gonna. I think. I also feel like you will get assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. Someone told Maybe me. They, well, now I I know you have to tread lightly on that topic. Yeah, cause because of panel thing. I made yeah. a, I made a prediction that he's going to quit because remember that. So funny. It's really funny to me that there was an assassination attempt. That kid tried to pull that cop's gun and shoot him. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was. Uh, That's actually what gave me more. I said, that Muslim kid. Oh wait, it was a white kid from the suburbs who was like, "Fuck this dude." Yeah. <laughs> like, Come wow. on, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Wow. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> don't do it. Shut up, Tyler. We're doing it. <laughs> Did you bring my My Chemical Romance hat? All right, hell yeah. When I have that on, I feel more confident. Yeah. <laughs> We're both going to wear our anarchy shirts, right? <laughs> that's what we believe in. Uh, Brad also wrote down here that uh, Dana Carvey's a big... Big like, influence, yeah. How did that come to play? I don't know. Uh, I tell you why. Because when I started, Cosby was my original influence, pre-rapey Cosby. Mm-hmm. And, and when, you have to say that now. Yeah, you do. You really do. Because it's such a weird thing. It, oh, bummer. It, it'd be weird if you go, Cosby was a huge influence on me, post-rapey Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Didn't like him until he got edgy. <laughs> when he was roofing bitches, what? then I was all wait, up wait, in Cosby's with, business. Uh, I mean, his, his special himself, okay. Right, but get, then the most recent stuff. Have you seen the news? Oh, like Hicks, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I roofing the girl. Okay. And I, and I did, and I hacked it up. I took, I pulled no, the hack ripcord. Everybody loves a Cosby impression. And uh, so Cosby, and then prior when I, when I watched the Long Beach Special, man, Long mm-hmm. Beach Special was like this amazingly. Cosby, I mean, prior talked about shit that you can't even imagine. And as a kid, I didn't get it. I checked that album out. I, I actually my library at my at my eighth grade let me check check one of those albums out. That N words crazy. Uh, that yeah yeah. And I was okay. I was in my in my room listening to it. And my dad comes home. What the fuck are you? Leave? He's like yelling at me. I go, who gave you a prior album? And I go. <laughs> The library, let me check it out. And my dad went, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like oh, well, hit, well, the library it, did it. Yeah. It met the weird test of, oh, if someone's more education than me, let you have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when I, and then Robin, then Robin, reality what a concept yeah. came out. And Robin, that, yeah. that was, that was when I realized, okay, I always wanted to be a comedian. Then when that came out, I'm like, I'm doing comedy. This, yeah. this guy, this guy cracked open a new toy box. And then, yeah, for me, it was how so? You just saw live it. at the Met. I'm like, God, that, that live at the that, Met. Yeah, yeah that's, Like, what yeah. about Robin versus somebody would? would well, live just... at the Met. There's like live at the Met. Like that whole thing he does at the end with his kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see why influence in in you can see yeah. at the end of uh, of, of uh, Fifth Annual of the World Tour. Yeah, you know. Now I did it differently because it was my, what my daughter did. But but mm-hmm. um, live at the Met was great. What would you say? What, just, what about Robin? Did you see when you were like, okay, this is happening? He, he just I couldn't believe it. He was doing 15 different characters in 15 seconds, and he was <laughs> and he then he was smart. He's doing a Shakespeare thing, and I, I remember th- it made me want to learn more. Like I like because I, I didn't get some of the jokes, it made me want to understand. He was so smart. You could tell he was so smart. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get it, so it made me want to learn more. And then I, so I started comedy. So when I was 14 years old, my dad was in this organization called Parents Without Partners, and he had this dated this girl named Darlene, and they did what they did for a while, and then she dated this other guy, and this other guy was a comedian. He was in the San Francisco Comedy Competition. I was 14. And they said, hey, we got an extra ticket. I know Chris likes comedy. Does he want to go with this? Mm. And I got to see in this steak restaurant, Carvey, uh, Marshall Warfield, all these guys in mm-hmm. the semifinals of the San Francisco Comedy at 14. And I, I, I was wow. that, that was it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm in. 
Wow. Uh, so then when I started comedy, uh, I got to open for Dana about six times. Yeah. And I've never, to this day, never worked with a comic that I can sit and watch every show, do the same shit. Mm-hmm. And he taught me, and I would ask him all these questions. And, you know, he taught me, comics say, how do you keep, how do you keep it fresh? And, and Dana taught me years ago, he said, you have to learn how to tell the same story again for the first time. And, yeah. yeah, it took me four weeks to figure out what that sentence meant, yeah. but I got <laughs> yeah. it. But but he's right, and then uh, and he always has fun. Dana said, you know, I always pr- approach being on stage like uh, I am, um, like I'm in ninth grade, and the teacher has left the class, and he's huh. that dude. Okay. So doing something a little wrong, yeah, and also being really funny. And and I watched him tell stories. Dana Carvey would tell stories, do the characters in the story. I think probably for a couple of years I tried to be Dana. Who did you try to be for a while? Did you try to be Carlos for a while when you started? Yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. and then tried Glad to be him. Stop. <laughs> uh, tried to be you. Uh, did you? And then uh, tried to be Robin, but no one could be Robin. No one could be Robin. Yeah. Yeah, no, I watch your last special. I, I, when, I, when, I, when I see your stories, I'm like, good, fuck yeah, Brad. Keep going. Yeah. There you go. Keep Thank being you, me. <laughs> <laughs> you <being> me. <laughs> no, but really, man, it's all storytelling, man. I think at the end of the day, the best comics are, are, are storytellers. There's great joke writers, but joke writers, you never remember them. I have people come up to me and go, dude, tell, did you tell it? I have people all the time. Here's the bonus. Mm-hmm. If you do it well, you tell the truth. Eventually, people come up to me and go, I want to – they don't say you're funny. That's a, that's a gimme. They walk up and they go, I want to tell you about my dad. And they start talking about their yeah. family. Love is evil, man. Love is evil. Without doing it, God, I hate telling. I'm, I know I'm fucking dragging this out. No, no. You're fine. Love is evil because I wrote it. So I again, I call that my suicide prevention special. Mm-hmm. I've had so many people come up to me and go, "Dude, without that special, I would have killed myself." I was in the middle of a relationship. I have people that buy actually the new one we did. If you go to ChrisFrazier.com, you can get the it's Love is Evil. I did it as a as a greeting card because people go. I bought some guy bought four of them one night, and he, I go, "What are you buying for me?" He goes, "I got three friends that are going through bad relationships right now," and he goes, "And this saved my life. I want to make sure that they don't do something stupid." That's, that's when the you bonus. Know. That's yeah. the bonus. Man. That's when that's you know funny, you're yeah. doing something beyond of just. And you're right. This new you, special is about my kids wiping their ass though. So you know, I just kind of <laughs> let it go. I just kind of also it. inspiring. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You know, it's you know, a big hey, deal with that. It's always funny. There's, and relatable. There's days I got tiny arms. I can't reach back there. That's inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, yeah, but you can toss a drink with your feet. Yes, I to can. Yourself. Are you serious? Oh yeah, I do, that, I do that shit all the time. Brad and I are sitting oh, at, a, at a Lakers game, and this is one of the great things that just about like people in general. Like you feel like. Brad's one of my best friends. I've known each other for eight years. I feel like I know him pretty well. Right. And then all of a sudden, like we're sitting there at the game, and he's got his drink uh, down on his feet, and he picks it up with his feet. And I see this out of the corner of my eye, by the way. So I kind of just slowly turn, and then he tosses it to himself and catches it. And I go, <laughs> I see this for the first time after eight years, and I just go... What the fuck was that? That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. That is some Cirque du Soleil and he did stuff, it, and man. And Cirque de Mige. Yeah, Cirque de Mige. <laughs> and it was Mige. fluent and flawless, and he cut, in one motion caught it, undid the cap, took a swig. I was like, am I in a fucking Gatorade commercial? <laughs> like, Speaking yeah. of that, uh, Brad Williams available for Gatorade commercials. <laughs> Do you want one of the coolest I commercials mean, that everyone sure. will talk about and go viral instantly? I mean, sure, Dwayne Brad Wade Williams. can throw some ice balls into a hoop, but can, a dw- can he flip a cup up the with, commercial- his, with his hand? The commercial should be uh, should be LeBron hitting a game winning shot, but then that is on the du- the jumbotron, and everyone's cheering for you. And LeBron's like, "What happened?" <laughs> that's, you just wrote, we, that, done. Yeah, you just wrote that. Yeah, we're film we're filming that. Yeah, okay. we're done. I'm okay with that. Good. That's great. He's like he turns around and nobody nobody everyone, sees the game winning shot. You cut to everybody just staring at the and jumbotron. Then Gatorade and Brad, is it like, in you? I'd like. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the thing. I'm getting like now. There, there's a whole like internet trend called water bottle flips, right. where kids are like, "Look, I could have, I I could flip a water bottle no. and it can land face up." I'm like. Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what kind of so shit much. I've been doing? Not for fun, but out of necessity? Because I can't reach. Because I can, like, Wait, is I've it... been flipping water bottles up and grabbing them, uh... having them do full rotations, and me catching them perfectly my entire life. And like, oh, I flipped the water bottle. Who's the guy that did it? Is it the guy whose whose story you're telling with the no legs? Because maybe that's yeah, he's that, coming yeah, back to that, that, yeah, that guy too. He's like he's been he's using really, my story. I'm going to use his fucking leg re- flip trick. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, all right. So this Saturday. So this Saturday, Escondido uh, Center Theater. It, it always comes to a tape, the special taping because that's when it's the best. You know, yeah. I ha- it has to be good because I I don't I don't I even schedule a special until it starts getting standing O's. Once it gets standing O's, I, I schedule it because it's time to move on to the next one. Whoa! And here's the sick part. The sick part is I'm looking forward to the horrible nightmare of the next three months after we film it. Like, I'm looking forward to writing the new one. That's, really that you get addicted to it. I was just telling you, yeah. Brad, that's what I want to tell you. You'll start to get addicted to breaking in new stuff. And it'll oh be, it'll be it, it's almost like having too much sex. After you've done so many specials, you've got so many laughs for so long, yeah. you're like, I want the weird laughs. I want them, ha what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did you want out it's of like this It's like a weird one? finish. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just this one. I this this special. I just there's a couple jokes in it, especially the racism bit where, and I to, I started talking about this in Vegas a couple weeks ago. I just said, you know what? I said I've got to this place where I've done this for so long now. The ha ha ha! I expect I can do that. Mm-hmm. I like when you guys go ha ha ha, <laughs> 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 where they laugh and then get scared. I'm like, oh, oh, yes. oh that wow. was so good. Like you oh, said, bring it's out like- the gimp. That's what it feels like. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Bring out the gimp. Well, that's the name of your next one. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Titus, bring, bring out the gimp. So uh, that's amazing, though, because I, I was and look for special unit coming yeah. out. Special units coming out. We're actually done with the edit now, and we're doing special effects now. It's going to come out. I want to know real quick though, how yeah. much time did it take you in between the last special and this one to get the hour together? Like, at what point did you go? Cool, I've got it. Like eight standing O's or. This one took to write it. We the last one aired May of last of last year, but I started writing it. I started writing it, I think, in November or December. Okay. So it's taken mm-hmm. me about 18 months, 18, 19 months. And you don't give a timetable for these? You're just like, I mean, I, I'm I, just very curious. Like, at what point is, do you go? 18 months is like the window. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and again, Carlin, like, you know, like I'm 51 now. Carlin died at 63. He's cranked out. So, you know, I, I got to <laughs> fucking start cranking out some special. But you also, they can't be crap, man. You can't just, yeah. you know, crank out another bunch of dick jokes. You got to stop and go, okay, what is this one about? Do you I, think people I, are doing that? Uh, I have to. I, I just can't. I'm not good at doing. I'm not. I'm not good at. I'm not proud of every joke in the special. But I'm mm-hmm. not like. There's nothing about blowjobs or anal rape or anything yeah. like that. Because there's guys that are better. I always say this: If you're doing shit that Red Fox did better in '61, why are you still doing comedy? Yeah. You know, and I, I know shots that's a, fired, Rita Rudner. I know that's a shot. <laughs> I mean, change it up, sweetheart. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Do not start up the Titus Rudner feud again, man. The Titus Rudner feud was squashed. There were there, yeah. there were many casualties. Yes, it was like the rap battles, man, of the '80s. Come on, the Titus Rudner feud. Is, uh, you gotta let it go, man. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> go see Christopher Titus live. Listen to the podcast. Watch Special Unit when it comes out. Out. Go back, and if you haven't seen all the DVDs, go get them, Guy, buy them, was, buy four of the DVDs for your yeah. friends. Christopher doesn't have, this was fun, man. Always good hanging with you, but real pleasure, dude, man. Real I, pleasure. I, I congrats a, on Matt TV. Dude, kick ass. Thanks, man. And, and don't, 
Uh, do you have any fear there, or are you just balls out? No, I mean, it's so funny that, like, we did a table read uh, last week, and I was just um, telling my buddy, I was like, it was kind of kind of weird for a minute to, you know, I've done a lot of table reads and cold reads and whatever, and, and still a little bit of, like, anxiety, you're just wanting to be like, all right, fucking lock in and crush this. And I literally sat down, I was just like, had none of that. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to, like, I'm going to crush this. And I'm, I just felt very... So that, that thing they say about everything you've done up until some, I guess, yeah, big you, moment. Yeah, you're, you've, everything I've done has prepared me for that. So I feel like I'm ready to... Um, Do you know why you're ready? Because the universe doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. There you go, man. Kick ass. Thanks, Thanks buddy. buddy. Thanks. Show. That's the show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice.